call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again I was gonna call you back I swear just as soon as I Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is my Conversations with the Pope. Bit of a monster of a show for you this week, so I'll keep the intro to a minimum, which I'm sure you'll all be thankful of. Um, episode 31 is a bit of a self-indulgent effort. Two hours, which includes some highlights from our first year podcasting as we dish out our 2020 awards and replay some of the show's funniest moments if we can find them, few and far between. Uh, There's the usual Liverpool and Everton analysis. Blue Mick pops in with his thoughts on the FA Cup. Um, We somehow end up spending an extended portion of the show on Noel Whelan, Peter Unlove and the underachieving 90s Coventry City sides. Away from football or soccer for our handful of American listeners, we're jumping into the NFL for a big wildcard weekend preview including a couple of Super Bowl predictions and weekend picks. There's a tasty NBA bet, which we both fancy, in the solo tip of the week section. And an extensive Keegan of the Week batch involves everyone from boxer Ryan Garcia to blubbering Southampton manager Ralph Hassenhuttle. Uncle Douglas is also back with a 2021 goodwill message for our listeners from him and Catherine Zeta. We've got all the regular sound clips and shouts from The Sopranos, plus a terrific unlikely lookalike section. Fire your suggestions and any other comments over to me at myconvoswiththepope on Instagram. And don't forget to share us on your socials if you are enjoying the ramblings. Enjoy the show. See you soon. Hopey. All the chest, mate. Yes, all the hairy chest to you, my friend. How are we? Good, mate, yeah. All the better for not seeing you over the festive period. <laughs> we fl- I, per- I must say that was a personal highlight. Like, <laughs> I was a little bit worried that I might have to see you at some point and give you these uh, these headphones, so the fact that I didn't was, uh, as I say, uh, very much a personal highlight. We flirted with it, didn't we? We were nearly getting together on the 27th. Looking at the lockdown now, we might actually complete our task of not seeing each other for a whole 12 months in person. Even though we've done a podcast and speak every week on this, we won't have seen each other in the flesh on, I think, February the 12th, is it, for for the whole 12 months? What a friendship. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. As I say, it's more of a, we're more acquaintance nowadays than, than anything else, I think. But uh, what happens here on the 27th, by the way? Oh, it was the... It was the 26th where I done my damage. Yeah, the little Boxing Day blowout, shall we say? There's vicious rumours circulating that you were, uh, yeah, you were you were partying within close proximity to some uh, tier four heads from London. Doesn't sound very uh, COVID safe, does it? Listen, there was five of us went out. There was COVID tests in the morning, negatives. What a load of bollocks. It's true. It's true. You asked the Egans. The Egans got COVID tested in the morning. They were negative. We'd had them the week before. We stayed round our table in the dispensary in town, watched a couple of the footy games. Okay, we went back to an house party, got a little bit close, but negative tests since. Look like we've got the all clear and got away with it, luckily. 
<laughs> bunch of fucking Tories, eh? So is that is that standard practice? Is it before a day out nowadays? Negative COVID tests in the morning, yeah. Well, fucking, hell, we can't all be super spreaders like you, can we? How many of you went to uh, try Becker to watch the Liverpool game? Okay, now twelve, three tables of four, social distancing at oh, all yeah. times. I'm sure Masks it was. On whenever you left the table. Oh, I'm sure it uh, was. It was, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it was. So, um, yeah, you you weren't totally missed anyway. So, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, glad of the break. To be honest, how was your Christmas, lad? Did you have a good one with the with the little fellas, with the baby Juice and the baby Gronk? I don't know, you know, yeah, it was all right. Um, don't know. All this magic of Christmas is relived through your kids and all that carry on is not what I found this year, put it that way. It was good. Obviously, it was it was nice to see the excitement of Christmas morning, opening presents and of course. what have you like. Yeah, bit of quite a bit of stress involved as well. I was um I was dealt the task of putting up a eight foot uh, trampoline in the back garden. Oh. It was a little bit of a wreck. It was a little bit of a uh, stealth mission, to be honest with you, because we had to keep the blinds shut in the back of the house so that the kids wouldn't see me because I was doing it on Christmas Eve. It was certainly my new Everest. I know we've talked on the pod previously about when I was on. Oh, what cocktail was I on the day after the Gallagher gig in Amsterdam? Bloody One Mary. Of our listeners, John Mullen, tried to get. Well, he did get me on them. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, which I described as my Everest at the time. And yeah, the, the kids' eight foot trampoline has very much replaced that as my new Everest. Um, so yeah, put the frame on upside down to start off with. Only realised after an hour that, that I'd done so. Oh my God. What time um, did you start this, Pope? Well, what time did this kick off on, on Christmas Eve? When were you going Tim Allen from? No, well, we basically made a conscious decision, really, a thought. I'm not doing it. When they go to bed at half eight, nine o'clock, Christmas Eve, in the dark. Um, so what we decided is that I'd get it from Louise's mum's, where it was all boxed up in about four different boxes. Should have knew then what I was letting myself oh, in for. Sounds like hell. Um, oh yeah, not great. Absolutely freezing as well. Felt like about minus two, minus three, and then you couldn't wear your gloves as well because obviously you're screwing different bits in, and, and you, you need some precision. So obviously gloves go out the window. So yeah, basically started at about then about eleven o'clock in the morning. I mm. thought it was doing all right an hour in until I realised, as I say, the frame was upside down. So I had to deassemble everything <laughs> and then put it all back together the correct way. Oh. So um, no. surprisingly enough, though, I managed to keep my composure after the initial wobble. And yeah, I was thinking thoughts of just taking a flamethrower to Christmas, to be honest with you. <laughs> when I put that frame on upside down, I had a real meltdown, but that only lasted for about five minutes. This could have been on our Instagram live stream, just you putting this trampoline up for several hours on a Christmas Eve. Well, I only found out afterwards. Uh, we got it from Smith's and Louisa's cousin, Ian, who listens to the podcast. I seen him after Christmas, and he mentioned that it's a two-man job, so I didn't do myself any favours there, you see. But I managed to have the presence of mind to, uh, yeah, to sort it out, and then it only took me another hour or two after that, so uh, I got it done in the end, that's the main thing, but... As I say, yeah, to summarise Christmas as a whole, nice in parts with the boys, stressful in big, big parts. And it was nice to have a little bit of time off, I suppose, but certainly the uh, my abide memory of Christmas 2020 and the, the personal highlights was the fact that I, I didn't, uh, didn't cross paths with you at any point. <laughs> it sounded like you needed a good... A good few drinks after that, eh? After that mission on Christmas Eve. What was it like out and about, Popey? Did you have a good swan song before we've obviously inevitably gone back into a national lockdown here? 
Well, I didn't go out. I, I had a few Christmas Eve nights. I, I always save me rap, and Louise does the rapping for the kids and everyone else. But obviously, I can't can't ask it to to wrap her own presents, really. No, uh, although you would, uh, although you'd like to. Yeah, well, it's good. I was going to say, yeah, of course, but I think that would uh, be the final nail in the coffin in terms of the uh, the romance or lack of <laughs> um, in our relationship of late. So, um, no, I uh, decided to, to, to do my own rapping this year, so I always leave that till Christmas Eve night. A few beers, which was nice, but the only time I got out, I went out with Lou and the boys. We went to, um, imagine that, it's like a kid's play centre on the 28th or 29th. And then went for a bite to eat after that. And then obviously I was on the 27th for the footy, which was all right. Yeah, it's it's, it's obviously, they've, they had you by the bollocks to an extent to where obviously you've got to order food. So it's not as though where it is in the past, you go out or under normal circumstances, you go out and you do a pub crawl. Obviously, you're quite restricted really. So I was quite happy to stay in Tribeca. But yeah. we ended up going down to Larkley, managed to get into a pub there as well. But I only stayed for one and then got off. Hi, lad. It looks like it's going to be a while till we get out and have a little scoop again. I know you'll be happy in terms of us getting together for a scoop. Just in general, it looks like looks a long way off, doesn't it, lad? Before pubs and whatnot reopen. Yeah, I'd like to think, yeah, Cheltenham Festival March. Hopefully, the pubs will be back open because obviously, I like to get out on the Gold Cup day. So, uh, so we shall see. We could go on about Christmas. We could go on about the lockdown. I don't think anyone's tuning in to hear us talk about COVID. There's probably enough of that. On all the media platforms at the moment, shall we get stuck into some some sporting gear, Popey? Shall we get onto some footy? And De Bruyne again. Sterling's in the middle. And Foden! Manchester City in electrifying form all of a sudden. The team that's been short on goals, really, have given Chelsea the old 1-2. Yeah, if we have to, yeah. I want to talk about Man City for starters. Uh, we start to get a little bit worried about Pep Guardiola's boys finding the form. John Stones is back in the team, keeping clean sheets. They're into 10 to 11 favourites for the league. What are your thoughts on City at the moment, Pope? And now they've put a few results together over the Christmas period and even before then. Well, I'd say you you more so than most in terms of being nervous about them with your, um, what, four-figure sum you've had on Liverpool to so win the league? Five, five. Sorry, five, of course. Yeah, five, yeah. yeah. We'll keep the spe- specifics between us in terms of what that amount is. <laughs> 20 grand. Um, but, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say, yeah, you're more nervous than most. More so given, obviously, Liverpool's blip Just than, a bit. Than, than Man City's recent performance against Chelsea, which was which is really good, let's be honest. But I don't know, we, we've mentioned a few times on this pod that the bookies can sometimes be a little bit too reactive mm. and maybe a little bit disrespectful towards Liverpool Yeah, and I think there's there's been no bigger case in point than obviously the shift in the odds following on from the weekend's games if you want to include Liverpool in that uh, I think we're out to 11-4 to biggest price now where Man City yeah. are odds on where yeah. if they win their two games if they win their games and they'll be two points clear of us but then they've got to come to Anfield so certainly not as confident as I am the last time we recorded on the back of us beat Palace 7-8-0 whatever it was um, but I'm hoping it is more, more just a blip than anything else with Liverpool. On Man City, still not convinced. All right, they, as I say, they played really well against Chelsea, and I think that was Phil Foden was a big part of that. I'm a massive, massive advocate of Phil Foden. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I've in fact got a bet with one of my mates, Dave again, who I mentioned him for the second time. I've got a hundred pound bet with him that Phil Foden will 
get 50 England caps, which I think is an absolute guarantee. He doesn't rate them. Uh, I had this bet with him during the Charity Shield, actually, Liverpool Arsenal, however long ago that was. Yeah. And one of our other listeners, Moscow, he was present at the time and he also had the same bet with him. So I think if he keeps Phil Foden in the team, as he should do, uh, I think he makes a massive difference for one so young, especially. But I don't know. I just think a big, big part of it is how quick Matip's going to come back and whether Van Dijk will be back this season and, and indeed whether we buy a centre-half in January. Mm. I think if we do and we can shore the defence up, then I'm confident it is just a blip. Jota's obviously a massive miss. Thiago, once again, a bit of game time. is going to be a huge, huge difference and he's going to be a, provide the creative spark in the middle of the park. But it's concerning. But I certainly think whoever finishes... Above Man City in the league, I know obviously everyone's going on about Man United of late. Nah. And we turned a little bit of a corner to which they have, but yeah. I'd say Man City are clearly our biggest biggest rival and competitor for the league. So we'll we'll just see how it plays out. I'm tempted, you know. I'm tempted to go back in on that eleven to four. I'm looking through red specs. I don't know. It just seems a little bit big to me that Popey. We've got very varied opinions on the Christmas fixtures of Liverpool, haven't you? You've been hypercritical yeah. on our what on our WhatsApp back and forth. I personally think we've been very unlucky. We've just not converted chances, which we've been talking about for I don't know how many years, Popey. And certainly since we started this podcast, we've been going on about how Liverpool need to create five chances to score one. Just... You've been knocking around with blue, blue mix too much, mate. You sound like a blue nose. Just these are excuses. Unlucky. Never heard anything like it. Well, we should have had penalties, shouldn't we? Both games, which I can't really quite get my head around. Uh, we'll come on to that a little bit in the Keegan of the Week section, but... I just think we haven't had the breaks. It's been weird, whether it's been injuries, whether it's been just bounces seem to not be going our way, finishing not going our way. I think it's a matter of time before the penny drops. If you have a look, that we're still top of the league and we've had them injuries and we've had the likes of Phillips and the young Williams playing centre-back at times, I think it's quite remarkable that we are still top of the league at the moment. And I think City are probably going to have their injuries. Man United are going to have their injuries. Not that I'm overly concerned about them mounting a challenge. But I do think at 11-4, to 4, I, I think at times we've looked such a cut above the other teams in terms of ball possession, in terms of style of play. Just haven't had the final product. If you look at Man City at Southampton and you look at us at Southampton, it's chalk and cheese. And I know City got the results and we didn't. But we had 70% possession. I thought they looked like a third division team, maybe, in an FA Cup tie, clinging onto a lead that they'd, that they'd got in the first minutes. Southampton are a good team. We absolutely played them off the park. And I think people can get a little bit carried away and be prisoner at the moment. And I know I'm deep on Liverpool already. I'm very deep on Liverpool. But 11 to 4s, it's calling me again, you know. I'll have to start calling you Blue State. Should have, would have, could have. Again, they all sound like excuses to me. I think the fact is we haven't scored in five halves against fo- a, a football against no. two, two, two relegation candidates in yeah. West Brom and Newcastle and a depleted, depleted Southampton team that were missing the starting goalie, missing the best centre-half, Vestergaard, who's brilliant, by the way, missing the best centre midfielder in Oriel, missing... That's true. 
Shea that's, Adams that's was out. That's the team gone, basically. Shea Adams as well, sorry, yeah. yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Who started every game this season. So they basically missed the spine of the team. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. And for us to, to not even muster a shot on target, you can't call Mane's when he was sort of through on the left-hand side and he scuffed it into the ground. For us to not muster a shot on target in the whole 90 minutes was, was massively concerning for me to have not scored in five halves of football against two really, really poor teams. And the depleted Southampton team is really concerning. I just think... As well, there doesn't seem to be a plan B for me for Klopp. It, it seems to be that teams are starting to sort of figure us out, mm. and he's, he's a little bit reluctant to change it. Um, I, 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 against Newcastle, what did he give? He brought who did he bring on Milner, and then he gives Shakiri, who's what far more creative than Milner, injury time to try and change the game. I don't know a little bit of his, his decision making of late. Klopp is a little bit dubious. Mm. Again, we touched on about him moaning about the fixture list. And we'll come on to that. Not being kind to Liverpool, which it has, by the way, during, during Christmas, we've had more of a break between games than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And now he's crying about penalties. It's just not a good look. I just, I'm a little bit, it is a little bit concerning, but given what's gone before over the last two seasons, Champions League winners, league winners, even when we were Champions League winners, I got we didn't win the league, we still finished on what, 96, 97 points. It'll come good and it is just a blip. I'm, 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 I'm certain of that. And the fact is, we've got no defence all season, we've been dealing with injuries, catastrophic injuries to some of our most important players. And the fact that we are still top of the league is is, is obviously a testament to, to, to how much of a special squad this is. But, there is, I, I, I can't take any, any positives whatsoever in the last three games. And when you were trying to tell me what those positives were and why you still find them room for encouragement in these last three games, I couldn't quite, couldn't quite understand or grasp that. But ultimately, it's, it's, it's subjective, isn't it? It's, it's a, there's no right or wrong. Everyone's entitled to their opinion in football. But I do think that we need to, yeah, we need to change things in terms of, Plan B, Plan C, even if things aren't going our way and, and teams seem to have figured us out. He's got the options to change it up. He seems to have completely gone off a Rigi. I don't see the point in naming him on the bench if he's never going to feature. He's an alternative option, isn't he? As you say, Shakiri, someone who'll take some more shots from outside the box. You know, that very easy. Exactly, say you just sucked the words out of your mouth. That's, that's one of my biggest gripes. All right, so when it works, it looks fantastic, but we've got a tendency like the Arsene Wenger teams of old who always try and walk it in and score the perfect goals. There's not too many players in that team, the Ox being the exception, Shakiri mm. maybe. There's not many what you'll have a dig outside the box. If it's not going to plan and you've, you've gone to St Mary's and you have another shot on target within the first 70 minutes of the game, just start having a dig outside the box. Mm. It's mm. all right, Fraser Foster, he's, he's been capped by England, he's still a good goalie. He doesn't fit into Southampton play because he's not great. He's not like a modern day goalie who's good with his feet, but he's still a great goalie nonetheless. But the fact is, he'd had how many appearances in the last two or three seasons? Test him, yeah, test him early on. on in the game, have a few fizzes on yeah, him. Don't yeah. just try and walk it in and just, just try something different. That's a little bit disconcerting, but I was pleased at the end of the game. You'd love to play for Klopp. He's got the fine balance between his, between sort of respect and being loved from his players, which is perfect, really. But he'll always defend his players to the hilt, which is which is which is great. And, and but at certain times when your players deserve a little bit of criticism, I think it's needed. And I was pleased to hear, following on from the game, that he he, he sort of yeah he was criticising the players slightly. Obviously, he took a lot of criticism himself, which. Managers tend to do when they're trying to protect their own players, but it was good that, yeah, he, he mentioned these sort of air frustrations in public. I'm all for that. You say, you know, some people aren't, but I was glad that he, he'd criticised the players and said that he was disappointed in them. And I'm sure, I, I don't think there's any better game 
for us to bounce back in and the Man United at home. And I'm sure we'll see a much different Liverpool come the 17th of January. We'll see. The only thing put me off going back in on us at 11-4 is, have you seen Man City's fixtures in January? Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, nauseating. Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home. Villa could be a tough game, but at home again. Brighton at home. They've got it laid on until they come to Anfield, really. They could take maximum points from them games. We might struggle to get maximum from ours, but we might do. And we could be four or five down by the time we uh, we match up with them. That's the thing holding me back. I, I, from a gambling point of view, Popey, would you would you snap up the 11 to 4 now just in case they do slip up? City, as we've seen them do this season, they drew it home to West Brom themselves. I know you were criticising Liverpool there, but they also drew one all with West Brom. Do you do you go in now, or do you wait and see how the how January pans out before dabbling again? Um, well, it would make more sense, wouldn't it, to, to to start to see how January pans out? Realistically, you can only see Man City dropping maybe two points. Aston Villa at home is maybe a little bit tricky. You don't know what you're getting from Aston Villa. They got some dangerous players. Look at what they done to us earlier this season, albeit at Villa Park. Yeah, they could possibly drop points there, but otherwise. Even City on a bad day, I don't see how they drop any other points. No. So if you if you're looking from a gambling perspective, then yeah, I'd I'd, I'd wait till till the start of Feb. We played them on the sixth of Feb, don't we? So Set. probably go in before that. Before is it the sixth? Sixth or the second? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Something no. like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd probably just wait till before we play them at Anfield and we stuff them and uh, yeah, going before that game. Going before. Okay. Okay. We'll have a little look. Just sticking on City for a minute on a more lighter note. Pep Guardiola has certainly defended. Benjamin Mendy over his his COVID party. Did you did you read any of that Pofi last week? <laughs> yeah, in that is not good. <laughs> in that in that is not good. Um, yeah, Mendy is, is is Mendy in the terms is what it is. So sometimes you want to kill him, <laughs> and sometimes you say, "Wow, what a player we have!" <laughs> no. Mendy has a lot, a lot of things to improve. Hopefully, we can convince him to be calm, to forget a little bit the social media and <laughs> and focus what he has to do. Well, I did, yeah, but I, I trust you. I, I can imagine you're sympathising with Benjamin Mendy having your own uh, COVID party on the 26th. Although you weren't the host, you certainly participated in one. I think that video you sent me there must have been about 25. He was crammed into the into a living room. I don't know. So, I don't know about that. You, I think I think you're certainly the the, the voice uh, of of COVID parties. I think you're you're best better equipped than me to to talk about them. Really, I think someone must have sent you a clip from Benjamin Mendy's living room there, Pope. Yeah, there's certainly no certainly no twenty five where I was. Where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty this, then, who knows? There was a lot of people in there, yeah. And this is very com- irresponsible. This is coming from. Did all, hey, did all twenty-five participants have a great negative COVID test that morning? By Apparently, the way, so bad, so bad. Like, yes, so. Dagger, <laughs> this is coming from you. Who's Bollocks. been? You've been Bollocks. swanning around all Bollocks. year. You've been swanning around all year, going to pubs, going in houses. You, you're talking to fucking Fritzelia. I've hardly been out the bunker. You can give me a day, surely, over Christmas. Yeah, well, no, I am what I am. That's that. That's that. I'm not the one who's being on here, going on about oh yeah, how how sort of sensible you're being, and and, and the fact that you're doing your Howard Hughes experimental cooped up in your house and wearing it as a badge of honour that you hadn't left your living room for four months, but then there you are in a COVID party with 25 years crammed into a living room. Just practice what you preach. That's all I'm saying. You're very hypocritical at times, and that's how it comes across. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I call a spade a spade. At the end of the day, my friend. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. 
That's the difference. Well, let's let's focus back <laughs> back on Benjamin's <laughs> Benjamin's party. What did you make of this? Maybe I need Benjamin Mendy's missus on my side and his uh, his PR agency because the reports coming out from it was that he was ordering his agent to send up big book girls apparently from a modelling agency. <laughs> it's so <flat>. Honest <laughs> to God, apparently he was trying to get models sent up from a London agency. Yeah, there was uh, a number of people in his Cheshire house, by all accounts. Then they pivoted him and his missus and they claimed they had a, a private chef and a couple of friends over, a couple of couples apparently. Uh, what was that chef cooking up? Fucking ox cheek and poontang pie or what? Uh, maybe Guardiola. <laughs> maybe Pep was the chef, eh? That's why he was defending him. <laughs> Possibly, do you reckon? Oiling his little baldy head up. Could have been, couldn't he? Possibly, yeah. Um... Benjamin Mendy certainly uh, filled his stockings over the, over the Christmas period, don't he? I'm, I'm guessing you'd need quite a big stocking for Benjamin Mendy, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the report, but, you know, it sounds like... Uh, just surmising, just surmising, that's so, all. Sounds like he's had quite the uh, the bunga bunga party there. In terms of this weekend, Popey, gambling-wise, <laughs> gambling wise, football-wise, I only really do the Premier League, uh, as you know, but I bet you can't wait for this weekend, can you? The traditionalist, the FA Cup fan... Uh, the magic of the Cubs back, the third round. Looking forward to it. Barrigan with the free kick. Oh, and Rayburn was there, and then beyond him a chance. And it's turned it in. It is! Would you believe it? Right at the death. Marine have their big moment. Cummings wheels away. The dream of the third round might yet come true for the mighty Mariners. They can pop the corks now. Yeah, massively so, mate. Yeah, as, as you probably know, it's the, the highlight of the sporting calendar for me. FA Cup third round. So, yeah, massively excited. Seems like I've been waiting a long time for it. I think given that Liverpool always tend to be knocked out quite early. So, I've literally been counting down the days, yeah. The magic of the uh, the FA Cup is back. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to it. A few Cinderella stories in there as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'll be watching... Bates' breath really to see to see which conference team goes goes furthest and, and to see how my uh, beloved Liverpool do as well Will you be having a few shillings on Rotherham against Everton I know I bumped into Blue Mick yesterday he didn't seem as enthusiastic about the FA Cup as, as yourself and quite surprising really you'd have him down as a traditionalist he, he wants the top four over a cup win what are your thoughts on that? All the best, Nick. We're doing elbows. Doing elbows. How are you doing? How are you doing? You're back out now, aren't you, with uh, Everton winning? I didn't see you for a few weeks. Four points behind. Yeah. I know, and you haven't been playing well. So we're selling clubs to win the league. Who? You? Any? That's that. Right? Yeah. South Armstrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're all up there. You're nicer. United City. Well, you, you've got to say, I don't think. I have a year anyway. I don't think you have been playing well, but you're up there. And, and, and we're not playing that well, and we're still top. It's mad. Could be, could be a Merseyside playoff in May, couldn't it? Could be us going for the league. I'm going to go put the cap on for you, so you don't mind. No worries. Go Yeah, sounds alright to me, that. I tell you what though, Calvert Lewin's dried up. My bet. Has he? He's not scored, has he? 
18, you've got 18. I need, if he gets 18, I'll, I'll lose a few quid. So if he on. gets 17, I'm quids in. 11. 11. So he needs 7. Hey, and he doesn't look like scoring. No. Does he? To be honest with you, I've been quite impressed with him now. He's got no service at no, the moment. No. Rodriguez out, Vigne yeah. out. Once they're back, I think. When they get back, that's all we'd start with. He's done well, aren't you, lad? You don't get some results. I know West Ham was shite for you, I but know. getting good results. When not playing great. You know what I mean? You never know, do you? No. I bought Ricky Mouse Cup half oh, Which the Carlin Cup? Yeah. And United. Oh, it's such a I know. Oh, I know. Well, you let Lefe Cup run, it'll be good. It'll be nice. Ancelotti's good in the Cups, isn't he? So, let Lefe Cup run. You need a bit of silverware. I'd rather finish top four. Top four you want? Top four. Rather than the FA Cup. No. If I've got them both now, do you want the FA Cup or top four? The FA Cup. Oh, here you go, he's changing the <laughs> See you later, Alex. See you later. Boss, to see you. Till then, now. See you later. Bye. Has he had his vaccine yet? He was keeping his distance. Okay. He's certainly in the vulnerable category, as we mentioned before. Yeah, I think he's a fantasist, really. He's dreaming. So, if I was an Everton fan, which obviously I'm not, you've got a better chance of winning the FA Cup, really, than finishing in the top four. I would have thought. So, um, yeah, just go out and get that vaccination if you haven't already, Blue Mick. And uh, hopefully you'll see it through the winter. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you've got problems, you lad. Honestly, you've got problems. In terms of other, in terms of other football magic, lad, I don't know if you caught. I know you don't do social media, do you? But did you no. catch the Facebook doing the rounds? Maybe in the WhatsApp groups, your uh, your frequency. There was a lovely little one. Let me just get it up here on fucking hell. Let's have a look through me pictures. There's all sorts of fucking skin on show there. And go, hey, fucking Benjamin Mendy's party there. <laughs> on my camera roll but there was an, uh, yeah there was a lovely Facebook message someone put up or like a status about hang on let me find it here it was about the Coventry team back in the day back in the 90s Dion Dublin and the boys yeah so it was Lee Kelly Darren Huckabee Noel Whelan Darren Huckabee some class players Gary Mack Gary McAllister Noel Whelan no Whelan. Do you know what? We were having a discussion the other day about the most underrated number 10s or maybe the under t- the number 10s who didn't achieve the most in the Premier League years. And I actually went for Noel Whelan. Thought he was class and nobody really ever got the better out of him. <laughs> the best out of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, which, which, yeah. It, it basically, <laughs> might have been underrated, yeah, but I certainly wouldn't put him in the upper echelons of number 10s in Premier League history. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying one that didn't achieve what he could have achieved. Anyway, we uh, that's for a different show. Maybe we can do a no wheeling section at, at some point. Maybe we can get him on as a guest down the line, who knows. But listen to this one. Yeah. Listen to this one. <laughs> it's certainly touching on our times, I would have thought nowadays. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Hey, yeah, should we have a little look right now what No Whelan's doing, just while we're on and go? He used to do some damage off the pitch, didn't he? More damage off the pitch than on the pitch back in the day. Did he, yeah? Apparently. Yeah, yeah, no wheeling, yeah. Quite the playboy back in the day, bit one of the sword, originals. Bit of a swordsman, was he? Yeah. <laughs> no wheeling. Um, well, he hasn't aged too well. Like, Are you looking at him like yourself? Moscow, actually. Yeah, I'll tell you what, lad, 53,000 followers, though, for no. Tell you what, though, lad, he looks like our mate Moscow. Do you reckon? Yeah, he hasn't aged great, to be honest with you. 
What's he doing now? Does a little bit with does a little bit with BBC Radio Leeds. Okay, BBC Radio Leeds, nice. So he's got a little angle in there, getting a little bit of a little bit of moolah in. Good on him. Loving dad of two boys and girls. It's saying there. Good lad. Good lad. Looks Chris. like he's overindulged since he uh, retired. Yeah, quite the waistline. He was quite uh, the, he was quite the beanpole, wasn't he? Back in the day, he's a lean guy. Yeah. Like back in the day, yeah. I, I'm just looking at some images myself. I think if we want to sort of grow as a podcast, I don't think Noel Whelan's the way to go. I know we are more of a cult classic, and with that in mind, you could argue he's the perfect fit, but no, I, I certainly don't think he's the uh, the way to go. We're looking to, to grow the podcast, put it that way. The way to go, by the looks of things. few similarities with Moscow here. He's... <laughs> Just looking at he's the images. He's going to hate that. He's going to hate that. Hey, hey, Moscow's been getting stuck in. Our mate and, and loyal listener of the show, Mos- Mos Day. He's been getting stuck in. Been training hard, hasn't he, with the lads, with Jay Standish and whatnot, personal trainer, and he's been shelling the pounds by all accounts. I haven't seen him post-Christmas, so don't know what the uh, the mince pies have done to him, but I've heard he's been, uh, I've heard he's been getting fit, getting back to his, uh, his Barry Bannon best, Moscow. Keep keep up the good work, Moscow. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a lapse at, at Christmas, as as, as, as we, we all did. Do. But as we yeah, all he's, he's back on the uh, back on the wagon now. Dry January, yeah. So keep up the good work, Moi. Good lad. But let me read you this Facebook post anyway, lad. I just thought this. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I thought it was a nice one that our Ross sent me, Ross Jenko. This is Lee Kenny. This on Facebook or Lee Keeney. The season was ninety five, ninety six, and I was fifteen, sixteen years old. There was a high school in Walston that had closed down and Coventry City used the playing field as a training ground. They had full-size goals with nets, and they were on wheels so you could move them. Imagine that round here, round fucking speak order. Fucking goals on wheels, they'd be gone, wouldn't they? <laughs> Every Saturday morning, me and about 15 lads would go there to play football. It was ideal, as we could move the goals to suit our pitch size. Remember, it was an old closed-down school, so it was easy to just climb the fence to play on the pitches with the goals. You can't be playing with nets. We played all day every Saturday for weeks without a problem. One Saturday morning, me mate shout, shit. We look over at the car park and the Coventry squad show up. They had a game on Monday night. Dublin walks over to us and asks if we minded playing on the other pitch. We were shocked we weren't thrown off. So Coventry trained. We half played our own game and half watched theirs. After training, Dublin walked over and asked if we fancied the game. I said, that's not fair. We'll get hammered. Dublin said, no, mate. Mixed teams. He called me as captain and my mate as the other captain. The whole Coventry squad lined up in front of us. I picked Unlove, my mate picked Dublin, I picked Salaho, and so it went on. <laughs> the squad played football with us for an hour. It's the greatest memory of my life and it actually happened a few times afterwards and we'd play football with them uh, after their training every time. I can't imagine something like that ever happening in this day and age. Not bad, is it? Wow, yeah, no, it's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what as well, Peter Unlove, yeah, forgot about him. Oh, what Great a player. first pick. I probably would have went down the same route. What a pace. Would you have got, brilliant. Would you have gone on love? I, it depends on the year. I might have picked Gary Mack. What about Mustafa Hadji as well? Well, I, no, because I'm sure, I'm sure on love was, was, was before the likes of Mustafa Hadji and, was he? and, and Huckabee and yeah. Noel Whelan. On love, I'm sure scored at a, <clears throat> a hat-trick at Goodison Park in the relative early years of the Premier League. Oh, so. Some cracking goals as well. Very pacey on the break. So, I tell you what, he'd fit, into the, he'd fit into the modern game pretty well. So does that make him first on your team, Sheik, as he scored an asterisk at Goodison, yeah? His... Well, he, he's, he's always had sort of a cult hero symbolism since since that very day, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching it, I think the age of eight or nine, watching him slot a asterisk past Everton. And I was just sat there watching Match of the Day with me dad, just full of, full of joy. I can imagine, I can imagine. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong, I don't think anyone's officially 
rubber stamp this story. It could be absolute bullshit. This fella might have been up for days over Christmas and he's absolutely fantasised about all this on his Facebook. But... <laughs> but it's a good story nonetheless, so we'll, uh, we'll run with it. I'll tell you what, mate, let's have a little look here. It's turned our show into a, into a 90s Coventry specialist, hasn't it? Do you know what, lad? There we go. Here's Keegan of the Week already. Do you know who was that trick against? Was against Peter Unlove in ninety four, ninety five. Liverpool. I knew there was that trick there. Yeah. Was it against us? Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he scored one against Everton. You That's know what a player. Wow. He beat us three two. He beat us three two, and uh, Unlove got a hat trick at Anfield. Yeah, what a hat trick it was. He was I a tremendous. Player. I must have been at the game. Do you know what I, I think I'm suffering from? Early set dementia, you know. That's not good, is it? You've got collective memory. Yeah, I was, I was hoping it would be Everton. So before you all start fucking messaging, stay on Instagram. I've corrected myself there. <laughs> yeah, it was actually at Anfield. It doesn't make it any less of a special memory for me as well. <laughs> Makes it better of anything. Sounds like you've got a bit of the Bidens about you here, Popey. Worrying. Yeah, I'm only thirty-five though as well. I'm not ninety-five or whatever he is. Like, do you no, know what I mean? So no. it's a, it is a little bit worrying. But what what players they've had here, Coventry? Something about that they loved a footballer, wasn't it? As you say, they're on love. McAllister, Hadji, some some class acts. I don't think Phil Bar was a great advert for the youth system, really, was he? No, you know he was good. I know he didn't do. He well, didn't... come on, stay. Here we go. I, listen, he didn't pull up trees at us, but he was a, he was an expensive buy at the time, wasn't he? He was a, he was a class England player, I think, wasn't he? And Oh, I don't know, Phil Bob. He certainly never got capped for England, Phil Bob. Did Didn't he get not? Cap for England. Is that another Keegan? No, of course not. Is that another Keegan of the Week? Yeah, another Keegan of the Week. Wow. So much for starting the year with with hoping to, you know, sort of gain more credibility through our content. Yeah. Just, just going the other way, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, hang on. Going Phil, further into the, Phil Bob, England, into the battle. Yeah, yeah, hang on. Might be able to come right back at you, yeah. He's Irish. He was Irish. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> do you want to... Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. We're just going further into the depths of fucking... Of course he was Irish. And uh, do you know what? I thought I had you with a zinger there. It just flashed up. Phil Babb, 35 full caps. Fucking hell, I thought. Jesus. Can't remember that. When was he playing? Who mm. was his partner? Tony Adams? No, he was Irish, of course he was. Wow. Fucking hell. Okay. So as I say, not a great advert for the for the, the Coventry's youth system over the years. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are better examples out there. But enough time on Coventry. Maybe you could garner a few listeners. Put it up on a few... Coventry forums, see how we get on. I think so. I think that, that'll be the one. I think it's an easy segue to the next section, always. Now, should we get on with the Keegan of the Week? Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Only oh, has it. Argentina go through. And England go out. Always watch your back. Hell yeah, how long have you got? Uh, well, have you got a few yourself? Obviously, we've just spontaneously put a few forward there uh, around Coventry, Phil Bab and whatnot. Uh, have you got some lined up yourself, Popey? I've got a list of a few here. I'm sure you have, yeah. All the, all the listeners' work, no doubt. Mine is obviously my own work, as per usual. So, what I've got here, I've got the first one of which is, during our last episode, we had a bet, 100 quid head-to-head, <clears throat> on the Heat, Miami Heat, 
and I took the Boston Celtics you to did. the Miami Heat, yeah. who will go furthest during the NBA playoffs this season. Yeah. I was obviously staking the case for other teams in the East, uh, one of which was the Milwaukee Bucks, to which you replied that Miami Heat, Heat own the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Uh, always beat them, always blitz them, nothing to worry about. Yeah. Uh, only to play the Milwaukee Bucks in, I think, the third or fourth regular season game uh, and get beat by 50-plus points, I think it was. They did, yeah, with no Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And he beat them the night after, you know. Yeah, well, I know that, but sure they would have could. Uh, the fact is, you said they own them. They always beat them. Yeah, and then the first game after you've made such a ridiculous statement, they got blew out by 50-plus points. Absolute I, massacre. And I also, so that's my first nominee. As a caveat to that as well, I also said Miami are the team who can cope with losing their best player more than anyone else. I said, if Jimmy Butler goes down, no problems. Jimmy Butler goes down and they get absolutely trashed by 50. <laughs> a couple of nights later. There you go. Yeah, I'll take that. So there yeah. you go. That's, that's a double-pronged. Keegan of the week that's for no yourself problem. and then the other I've got to nominate myself I put for my tip of the week over the festive period Delta work in the Savile's Chase oh, oh, uh, over oh, in oh. Ireland only for him to become ooh, only for him to be I think he got unseated at about the fourth or fifth oh, fence really? when it looked like he was struggling at the back so I've got to nominate myself as well I, and that's it really I didn't back Slim Pickens. well we've already spoke about Clap it could become the fucking Clap of the week at the moment he's getting very Kevin Keegan after the loss isn't he he's getting a little bit Hot and heavy, so I want to put I want to put Cloppy in there. His counterpart on the line on Monday night, Ralph Hassan Huttle. Can we can we talk a little bit about him? Crying his eyes out on the sideline. That's how much beating Liverpool means to Ralph Hassan Huttle, and still with tears in his eyes, he's made his way to speak to our reporter Greg Whelan. It was as if he broke down because he'd beat the guy that he's been trying to be all these years, kind of like. Kane beating the Undertaker in the wrestling, it was, it was fire and brimstone on the line, wasn't it? I couldn't believe what I was seeing, Popey. Really, I liked it. Yeah, I just thought it brought the did. beautiful back into the beautiful game. Oh, I think it made footballers, footballers, and, and managers alike more relatable to the general public. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion in football, and it's also been taken away in recent years. And it's now considered more of a business at the top end than a than a sport. And as a, as a result, a lot of people have become cut off by it. So I think that would have, yeah, got a lot of people back on side really. And I think it was a nice thing to see. And yeah, I was I was close to shedding a tear myself. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. I was waiting for some sort of narrative, you know, a COVID death in the family where I could maybe cut him some slack. <laughs> Come on. It was nothing. Just a shambles, just an emotional man who was happy with a win and a, an absolute park the bus grind of a win. As Phil Leotardo might say, a fucking disgrace. Jesus Christ, is that fucking necessary? Stand back. Now. <laughs> John? I'll tell you one thing, and I'm not ashamed to say it. My estimation of John Sacrimony as a man just fucking plummeted. Give him a break, will you? It's an emotional day. To cry like a woman? It's a fucking disgrace. His fucking coach turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> well, even Cinderella didn't cry. Look, when it comes to daughters, all bets are off. Seen tougher guys than John cry at weddings. Well, let me ask you this. If they can make him cry, and if he's that weak, 
What the fuck else can they make him do? I gotta agree with Phil, though. Oh, you do, do you? Terrible out there, huh? Poor guy. He's an emotional man. He loves his daughter. <laughs> Nauseating for me, Popey. Nauseating. Uh, he goes in my Keegan's of the week, definitely. I like it. Uh, he's gone way up in my estimations. And yeah, I'll, I may even adopt Southampton as my second team moving forward. <laughs> I'll nominate another one for myself, which you might not have picked up on. I actually, on our last show, we were discussing the chances of Ozzy Osbourne coming on the show. That is a work in progress. I don't know how far we're going to get with it, but we are we are going to try and get Ozzy Osbourne on the show. I actually called him a Birmingham fan. He's actually an Aston Villa fan, so that's probably done great oh. uh, great things for our case, hasn't it, for, for attracting him to come well, and have a little half an hour with Yeah, it. of course, yeah, yeah. We just losing credibility by the by the second. We're terrible. During yeah. today's episode, we're, yeah, so, so. we're so poorly informed that you know we've got no expertise. Oh really. yeah, if you, if you want a sort of a polished, well-informed podcast, when then we're certainly not the no the uh, the podcast for you, really, are we? Our broadcasting skills are really not up to scratch. Yeah, it's it's a real slog here. So we we do appreciate you sticking with us and. And the listens we are getting a week. Uh, I tell you what, today's felt like a slog. I don't know whether it's a new year and we haven't done one for a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm struggling to get through this. To be honest, we're off the pace, aren't we? We're off the pace a little bit. Another fella who I think so, yeah. Another fella who I feels a little bit off the pace with what he's calling for. Ryan Garcia. I did pick Luke Campbell against them the weekend. I was counting my money when he knocked them down in the second round, but. The boxer Ryan Garcia has actually said he'll knock Javonta Davis out in two rounds. I think that's a. Uh, Potential future Keegan of the week when he resembles the victim of a an old ISIS beheading video when he takes on Tank Davis. <laughs> so he's got to decapitate him, is he? Yeah, with his uh, with an uppercut, similar to that ah. one of he finished. What was it, Santa Cruz? With did you catch the fight? Did you catch Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell, Popey? No, but again, I, I just I, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed in you there, really, because because I know you, you you know more about boxing than me. I'll, I'll give you that, even though you're not a great gambler when it comes to. To boxing, you've got quite an informed opinion. You know your stuff. You listen to a few podcasts, so I'm I'm, I'm surprised somebody is in the know as you when it comes to boxing. Would would go with Luke Campbell what in America against Garcia? What? I think there's. I just think somebody made the point. It was one of the WhatsApp groups. I'm on. It might have even been Tom Ed, one of our other listeners, about the coaching. And I know obviously this isn't going to sit too well with the likes of Wayne Smith, who's been on with us recently. But I don't know. It just seems to, I, don't, I don't know whether it's just a, a better talent pool of fighters in America or whether the coaching something to do with it. But yeah. I don't know. Our top top fighters seem to seem to struggle over in America, and it didn't come as any great surprise to me. I fancy Garcia to be honest with you. And I think Luke Campbell's a little bit overhyped. I know he's a former Olympian. Don't know whether he won the gold or not. But he did win the he's gold. He's a former Olympian, and I think he's flattered to deceive to deceive a little bit. Obviously, he's had. A, Quite a few highlights within his career, but I think he's a little bit of a hype job. I would go the other way. I think Ryan Garcia is a bit, to be honest. I think Ryan Garcia is more. Oh, he's of a, a massive hype job. hype job, Garcia. He is without a doubt. And I think now more so than ever, he is a hype job. But I, I still fancy them too. I know obviously this is after time, but I would have said the same thing if you would have asked me the question before the fight. Fancy Garcia, and comes no great surprise to see that he did. Uh, he won I mean, in he the got, manner that he did he, as got, well. he got dropped heavily in the second round though Popey against Luke Campbell who's not really a puncher for the division can you imagine if Tank Davis but does that not show you more though does that not show you more though that that, that for me because one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in recent history was Frock against Groves in the, the second fight that they have yeah and basically Groves has knocked them down was it in the first round first fight. and that, you can that see the, his Frock's going down that was his the eyes first are closed fight. that was the first fight 
first fight, sorry, he's concussed as he's going down. He is. And then he gets back up and does what he does. So for me, that shows more for a fighter. Garcia's a little bit of a poster boy, a little bit of a pretty boy, a little bit of a hype job. So for me, getting knocked down in the manner that he did and to get up and do what he did showed that he's actually got more to him. He's got a bit of grit. I don't know. Fighter, I don't know. I mean, I mean, George Groves is a banger. George Groves is 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 a is a tough fella. I remember Martin Murray saying to to me mate Big Andy, who was managing managing him at the time, that uh, George Groves bangs five times as heavy as Golovkin. He'd been in with both Martin Murray. Now he was a banger who took Froch out with a well, he didn't take him out, but he put him down with a great shot. I think if you're getting dropped by Luke Campbell, who by the way. You don't know what Luke's going to look like when he gets in the ring. You've got to remember he had COVID in December, Campbell. I thought as soon as the, the fight started, he looked a little bit looked a little bit weak, looked a little bit not himself really, Campbell. I'm not making excuses. I still think he, for a, whatever he was, a three-to-one shot, I f- still think he held his own, obviously dropped Garcia, could have maybe pounced on him, maybe took him out. But looking at Ryan Garcia's punch resistance there, Popey, I know he got up, I know he went on to win the fight. But every shot that Campbell landed, whether it was a jab, seems to snap his head back a bit. And I think, I don't know if he's a little bit scared of losing them fucking Armani modelling jobs or what. I know he's a bit of a pretty boy, isn't he? And maybe he's riding the shots back and trying to flick his head back and limit limit the damage. But I worry about him getting out alive in there with someone like Davis. I really do. If Campbell's... I worry about your, I worry about your mental state with all these excuses today. I certainly worry about Martin Murray's mental state. And I still think he's suffering from concussion. If he's saying George Groves, it's five times harder than Golovkin. Apparently, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Well, exactly, apparently. Second-hand information, all the nonsense, really, isn't it? Well, we'll have a look. But anyway, yeah, I think for for me and probably for for the vast majority of people watching at the weekend, he certainly went up in everyone's estimations rather than went down. As to whether he beat Javonta Davis, do I think he will? Probably not. So he certainly won't beat him in the second round. So, yeah. I do understand you're putting it forward as a Keegan of the week, but for him to have not gone up in your estimations, having done what he'd done after taking the knockdown that he did, is uh, yeah a little bit perplexing, but there you go. I'll tell you what, he's going, you up, controversial he, after all. he's going up in my estimations in how he's going after the fight. He's in pursuit of Davis. He said, look, the money's there. You have to fight me next. I will knock you out in two rounds. He's putting it on tank like... You know, I'm not sure. Whenever we want to get into it, but he knows. We all know what's going to happen pretty soon. So, so talk to me. You're obviously talking about to do it. I don't have time for celebrations. I'm on one mission. I'm on the mission to knock out Javante Davis in two rounds. Two rounds. Two rounds. This man will go down. Two rounds. That's a promise. Two rounds calling it two rounds Javante if you do not take this next fight with me you're not taking forever you will not be remembered you your legacy will forever be tainted if you do not accept this fight next the money's there everything's there there's no excuses down in two you're down in two rounds mm. I'll tell you another key another week though while we're on, on the with Garcia another one you can put forward from him he reckons what I don't even know this fella is it is a YouTuber is it Logan Paul oh yeah 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 <clears throat> yeah we'll knock um, Conor oh. McGregor out oh, okay. okay that was from Garcia as well which okay. is mad like so yeah, that so, could be Hegan essentially potentially so we chat some shit doesn't he I heard a um, and I, <clears throat> most of our listeners probably won't listen to 
a podcast that we're really fond of, the Dan Lebertard show with Stu Gatz. Now yeah. they had their yeah, last yeah. show on ESPN this week. Been quite an emotional yeah. couple of weeks for them. There's been a falling out there with management, so they've had to move on. And they were playing some of the old clips, and I'll dig the sound out. I, do you remember Stu Gatz's? lacrosse one he'd actually been asked by espn to commentate on lacrosse which he's uh he was a player in college apparently and his daughter plays and it's kind of a big deal for him that he was that he was comment- he coaches his ta he coaches his daughter's team i think he does yeah but he, it was kind of yeah, yeah. kind of a big deal that he was commentating on the national championships and he come up with the one of the greatest keegan of the week ever so i've noticed the last couple of bc possessions where it seems like they've tried to force sam sam tried to force something i'd rather to see someone other than Sam get the shot here. Puzo, going. She's going. Shut up, Boston College! On the shoulders of the Tawarantown winner, Sam Puzo, will be heading to the national championship game for a third straight year. I mean, we should probably say a little bit about Labatad leaving uh, the ESPN airwaves. Probably the reason we're doing a, a podcast, Pope, that you've had a big influence on us, that team. And it's it's strange to see such a big show kind of be left out in the cold by, by ESPN. Something's gone on there, hasn't it, I think, politically? Well, first and foremost, is there a potential opening for my conversations with the Pope at ESPN or not? Have you, have you managed to look into that? <sighs> I, I suppose we could pitch ourselves this week, maybe. I'm thinking of pitching at Levy and... And the boys, really, on their network, they do uh, Lebertards and Friends. Oh, you want to go more off-piste, yeah, more underground then? Okay. Well, as you say. Associating with, with one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, Fair enough. Not paid millions of pounds. Cold no, classic. in all seriousness, yeah, Dan Lebertard, you got me onto it probably a couple of years ago now. And I, I definitely think it is, yeah, a big part of the reason we're doing what we're doing. So, yeah, anyone who's listening, you've got them to blame, basically. Yeah. So good. Uh, you, you couldn't even... If you if you were disc- if you asked to give a synopsis of, of what the Dan Lebertard show is, you couldn't give it no. because it's just pop culture, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it, I don't think they even have a script to follow. Obviously, they have subjects similar to what we have each show, but it's just sort of a lot of it's ad hoc, really, isn't it? Yeah. There's a bit of sports in there, a lot of pop culture, a lot of funnies. Dan Lebertard himself is a, a former award-winning journalist based in Miami and then he become he got sort of started his, his show with, with Stu Gotts and the, the shipping container as the known and then got picked up by ESPN and as you mentioned there yeah they officially done the last uh, show for ESPN I think it was yesterday yeah. Uh, so yeah it's more more of a pirate radio job for them nowadays but anyone who's uh, getting bored of our podcast feel free to go ahead and listen Dan Lebertard I'm sure you'll put something up on the Instagram page thing must be plenty of those listeners this week who are getting bored of us sort of which is what would you describe our dynamic as? I'm certainly more of the, the Stugots, and I think you're you're, you're more Lebertard than yeah. So I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm your I'd, I'd certainly need I'd certainly need I'd certainly need a few more Christmas mince pies to catch up with Lebby like. But yeah, there's something there in that dynamic, isn't there? I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and just one more Keegan of the week as well from my. I'm going to go with Mike Wilborn, one of our other broadcasting kind of. Influencers, I think PTI, Mike Wilborn and Tony Kornheiser, they've done a great pioneering show from, I think it was like the early 2000s they come on the air. They kind of really changed up how, how sport broadcasting was done. But Mike Wilborn is one of these talking heads, journalists as he was back in the day. You probably know him from The Last Dance as well. Those who, who don't follow ESPN as closely, they might have seen him on The Last Dance. He's a Chicago journalist, but... He's one of these who makes big statements and then won't own up to them down the line. I'd like to think 
we can make some big predictions, big statements, but we'll give ourselves the Keegan of the week. We will have a look over our old our old comments and take the piss out of ourselves. No, we are self-deprecating, yeah, if nothing else. I'd say yeah, self, I'd go yeah. with that. Uh, we've got to have something, some string to our bow, haven't we? And probably self-deprecation. <laughs> self-deprecation might be our, <laughs> maybe our strongest strength. But Wilbon, I think it was two months ago, Mike Wilbon said that the Chicago Bears were absolutely finished with Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback. He was done. He'll never throw a pass again in the city. If they do, uh, he will not go and watch the Chicago Bears again. What's he doing this weekend? He's playing New Orleans, starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. He's got the Chicago Bears into the playoffs and he's starting a playoff (laughs) game this weekend. I've heard them on the show with Tony Kornheiser the last couple of weeks. There's been no mention of it. No mention that, look, I got it wrong. Trubisky's come back in. He's good for the schemes. He's, it's obviously worked out with Nagy. Nothing. No, nobody owns up so to So does that sit with you as, as somebody who quite clearly is a big fan of, of Wilbon and you've, you've referenced him a few times on the show? I'm not, I'm, not, with you? I'm not massive on Wilbon Popey. I'm a big Tony Kornheiser fan, huge Tony Kornheiser oh, okay. fan, his partner in crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilbon, I can, I can take or leave. I just think it's it's funny, isn't it? We get it from Stephen A. Smith as well. He makes massive big predictions and you don't hear anyone come back. It's the same with the footy pundits. You hear from Sunus, you hear Gary Neville make big comments. They don't really revisit them. But there's no accountability. There's not, is there? It is what it is. And, 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 and I think a lot of the time they do make these brash statements is more so just for, for the headlines. And than More so than substance. So, yeah, there's no accountability. Nor do they obviously feel the need that the, the, the needs to be. So, But, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd go with that. Although I do think it's a bit of a penalty kick for the New Orleans Saints this mm, weekend. It should be. It should be. The Saints should be safe there. Well, let's get right on to that, Paul. We've probably bored our predominantly English listenership already with this uh, American stateside talk. But I do want to get a little NFL preview for the playoffs this weekend. A little bit of review from last week. Wildcard weekend adds a playoff team in each conference. You for football games late into December. Keep you, baby. Keep leaving. Keep leaving. We're going to take all. Let's dominate our points. I'll be in my bag and try to take it all away. What are you for? Well, I was going to say, can I just start? Sorry, stay. I want to start with an NFL review okay. of the season, really. Yeah, And this one away. seems to have brushed under the carpet a little bit, but Falcons finished bottom of their division. Did, yeah. And therefore, you owe me 40 spuds. I did, So we'll yeah. knock it off the 100, I owe you, right? So that'll be 60. I, oh, you're kidding me, aren't you? So hang on. So you owe me... <laughs> so you owe me 200. Well, I, owe you, I owe you 200, and you said, okay, rather generously so, but it was... You said that on this very show, so words are legally binding. So you said you'll... That's a nice gesture, and with it being Christmas, you reduce that to 100, and then you'd let the other £100 roll onto a head-to-head between the Heat and Celtics. Absolutely. So that meant I owed you £100. And then we had a bet on the Falcons, who finished bottom of their division. Yeah. So initially the bet was 20 quid. They beat the Panthers earlier on in the season. They did. At which point you said... Double or um, quits. Double, double or quits, yeah. And I said, that's fine, yeah. So they finished bottom of the division, which means you owe me 40 quid. I'll knock it off the 100 I owe you, so you'll be getting 60 quid wow. when I get paid. Wow, wow, wow. So I should, have, I should have been getting 160 quid off you and I've ended up with £60, yeah? No, no, you should have been getting 
Yeah, exactly that. Sorry, 116 against 60, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't wait till Miami tan fucking the Celtics tonight, you know. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year, my friend. You are hey. a slippery fuck. You are the the Donald Trump of <laughs> Scouse podcasts, aren't you? This is just outrageous. Well, you, you, you've had your head buried in the sand there. Did you, what, what's up? Did you forget about the best? No, I got it, no. It no, I took it off me totals there. I took it off me NFL anti-post bets. But don't worry, yeah. Send me the 60 quid when you're ready. What When's that going to be after the Super Bowl? I was going to say, will you accept the 60 quid in uh, monthly instalments? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it over to you I'll get it over to you this month when I get paid 15 so yeah that's no better place to start for me than uh, yeah the Atlanta Falcons and yeah I'll be mentioning them again uh, later on in the show well I had a little bit more anti-post woes didn't I with the Giants I'd, I'd back them to, to win the division at 12-1 to 1. I'd back them to make the playoffs at 4-1 to 1. I had them in a multiple um, to win the division oh. at 12s with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 7-2, to two, going on to Liverpool oh. for the league. Whoa. That would have been about 1,400 oh. quid. What do we say about what went down in Philadelphia, Popey? Did you catch any of the game? Obviously, for our listeners who don't, who don't follow the NFL, the NFC East has been probably the worst division in history. By the last game of the season, there was three teams with losing records who could qualify mm. for the playoffs. The Giants beat the Cowboys early on. And what they needed to do was have the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington football team later on. And the Giants would be in the playoffs. I'd be a few quid better off. The Eagles were right in the game, playing the backup quarterback or the, the young quarterback. Jalen Hurts, isn't it, Popey? It is, yeah. As the Eagles are getting on top of the game, and I think it was the third quarter, the Philadelphia coach, head coach, Doug Peterson, decides to bring in the third quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He goes on to fumble the ball, to throw an interception, and Washington wins the game and obviously goes on to qualify for the playoffs. Doug Peterson at the moment is probably as welcome in Manhattan as Osama Bin Laden was post 9-11, I'd imagine. What's going on there, lad? It was fantastic, wasn't it? Great to see. Great to see. Oh. Great to see. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness. What do you make of that poke, though, from a sporting point of view? When there's a massive game on the line, a team's trying to get to the playoffs. Is he well within his rights to do that? Should the Giants have done more? No, early? no, 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 no. Absolutely no, of course. It's, he, he, he should, basically, he shouldn't do it. He clearly wasn't trying to win the game. I don't think he's done himself any favours. I think his own players are going to look at that and there may be a reluctance to play for him mm. because he's clearly not playing to win. You know, these American, American sports more so than, than, than sports even in England. Americans, it's still into them as their mentality, mate. They've all got a winning mentality. You play to win. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. It's sort of the American mentality. So every single one of those players on that Philadelphia Eagles roster will have wanted to win. They looked fuming, Pope, on the sideline. They looked absolutely fuming with what was going on. So, lots so, so sort of long term, you you got to question the, the the players' hunger, or even short term, mid term, you got to question the the players' hunger and desire to want to play for him. Then you've also got the issue of Jalen Hurts has only just replaced Carson Wentz, who was the former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, as the franchise quarterback, yeah. if you will, and he's had a really good, strong games, and that's who they're looking to build the franchise around in the next few seasons. He was fuming on the sideline, so he he's going to be reluctant to want to play. He, yeah, he's, he, there's going to be a reluctance there for him to want him to play for him and then you go into the draft you've got players out of college they're not going to want to play for someone who they're going to see as a quitter or who's, who's purposely gone out 
or during a game has has sabotaged it in order to just basically piss off their rivals. Yeah, I didn't understand it, and I think it's not going to stand them in good stead really moving forward. Even the owners are going to look at it, and and, and they're not going to be too happy with it. All right, there's a little bit of banter involved, and I suppose... Well, I was going to say this, Pope. Do do, do you think maybe in Philadelphia more than any other city where they love being the panto villains they love being the heel don't they in Philadelphia the fans are crazy they smash the fucking city up when they win a Super Bowl or when they when they win a game do you think a lot of the Philadelphia fan base might get off on that that the Giants are so hot under the collar about them basically tanking and losing the game so the Giants couldn't get to the playoffs yeah if it was put it this way if it was Ancelotti had done it for Everton to, to, to prevent Liverpool from winning the league, then there'd be statues outside Goldison Park. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> I mean, you always have to bring it back to Everton, obviously, don't you? <laughs> but, There's a quote for the Instagram page. Has he gone up <laughs> in, in many Philadelphia fans' man? You know, he is a he is a Super Bowl year, a, a Super Bowl winner. I don't know how many years of, of hurt he, he squashed when they finally won the Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago. Has he almost cemented this place more? From a betting point of view, it was disgusting. From someone who was waiting on money from the Giants, it was horrible. But maybe has he, has he gone up in, in Philadelphia's estimations? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. It's perhaps with the fans, yeah. And that's maybe that's all he's asked about. But I don't think it was a great look. Uh, I was amazed to watch. I was watching ESPN on... I think it was yesterday, actually, and they were discussing it. And there was a panel of all former NFL players... And obviously, it's it's the the presenter of the show is Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg was basically disgusted in Peterson, uh, Doug Peterson's actions. But the rest of the panel, the four former players, I could not believe it, nor could Mike Greenberg believe it. They were all in defence of P- Peterson. I said, it's his team. He can do what he wants. He can do what he wants. That's it, end of. The, Which, yeah, Mike Greenberg, the actual presenter, the host of the show, was, couldn't, couldn't believe what he was hearing. But the, the, the four former players, none of them are affiliated with the Giants nor the Eagles, uh, sort of agreed that it, it's his team, he can do what he wants. So I, I, I couldn't quite understand that. And apart from the fact that it cost you money, which I did have a, a wry smile about, in all seriousness, it is, it's not something I, did, I, I agree with, believe it or not. No, going you know, into next season point of view, like you're saying there, Jalen Hurts was pissed off. But more importantly than that, don't you want to see how he gets on in a prime time Sunday night NFL game? A game of importance, really, you know, with a lot on the line. Chester's metal. Wouldn't you want yeah, to see yeah. what he looks like down the stretch in that game in the fourth quarter? Didn't really make sense on that front, mm. I didn't think. No, but as I say, apart from the fact that cost you money, didn't, didn't sort of yeah take too much from it, and certainly didn't understand it. But but there you go. Yeah, yeah, you didn't lose any sleep over it by the sound of things, like I did. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, put it that way. Yeah, so so what slept, about... slept very well that night. Put it that way. Al, I couldn't have done it. I, I couldn't have done what Philadelphia did. I I, I just Agreed. simply could not have done it. I. I You've got men out there that are fighting their guts out, trying to win the game. And I'm not saying, not blaming anybody. I, I personally could not have done what they did. That being said, I think at all times in the NFL, the focus should be winning the football game. Uh, nothing else takes precedence. No player evaluation. No uh, amount of curiosity from anybody within the organization. Uh, everything is focused in this, in my opinion, in this league, upon winning games. Doug Peterson, you f***ing loser. 
What about the playoffs? Who do you like? Who do you like going in? Have you changed your mind at all? Are you, uh, who are you with? Obviously, I've got my anti-post action on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers are actually a bigger price now than they were when I backed them at the start of the year. Crazily, even though they certainly, won. yeah, they certainly don't look like the best team in the NFL. You could argue they look like one of the worst teams in the playoffs. Mm, They've got the worst rush offense in the last like sort of three or four weeks. The rate the rank thirty two out of thirty two mm. in the NFL in the last three or four weeks. He did play the reserves. No sort of... He did play the reserves on Sunday, like in fairness. So, so that will have contributed. Yeah, but what, 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 what about the three games prior? I said the last three or four weeks. Well, they did have uh, twelve games, hadn't they? They'd have three games in twelve days, hadn't they? Before that, I think it's had a massive toll. I think they're getting people back. I think the Steelers will be all right. You know, really, we'll come on to the tip of the week in a bit, but really fancy them against the Browns on Sunday. Yeah, well, again, that's a depleted Brown. Same COVID-riddled Brown. Same, they're not going to have the head coach on the sideline, are they? Which is absolutely mental. How, um, how, is, how can that game go ahead, Pope? How can the head coach of the Cleveland Browns have COVID, not be able to be on the sideline, and the game's going to go ahead? <laughs> Surely it's going to get moved, Popey. Surely. Only in America, my friend. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a mad country, isn't it? So, nothing surprises me over there, to be honest. But, who do a fancy? A fancy... The books are backed a long time ago, maybe six to one. But yeah. we're talking about when I was bigging them up on the pod maybe two months ago, then they had that little bit of a lull. Yeah. Uh, they bounced back in recent weeks. Look really, really good. Mm. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the amount of points they were giving up at the weekend because they were missing the two li- best linebackers. Uh, the, fo- the Last season's MVP in Shaquille Barrett and then last season's first round pick. I think he was like fourth or fifth in the draft, Devin White. He was unbelievable. So they were missing because of COVID and they were missing the best cornerback. So I thought they'd be a little bit shaky on defence, but Tom Brady's got it absolutely cooking lately. He's got that many offensive weapons. Oh. The wide receiver, Mike Evans, who looked like might miss the playoffs, is going to be day-to-day. There's talks that he might make it now. They've got two really good running backs, Ronald Jones, Leonard Finesse. They've got three unbelievable wide receivers if Mike Evans does play. Antonio Brown's Antonio looking good, Popey, any. They've got the Gronk. They just got so I, I, I fancy the uh, books to make a run. But then I've also backed recently a three to one in a Trixie uh, the Saints as well. So I think it'd be the Saints or the Bucks in the NFC. Yeah, and as predictable as it sounds, I think it'll be uh, the Chiefs in the AFC. Okay. Any worries about Alvin Kamara? Probably probably not playing this Sunday. Sounds like Michael Thomas is still day to day. Alvin Kamara looks like he's out. Full of COVID, it looked like he was out sniffing panties last week in a strip club, didn't it? Apparently he had four women around him. I mean, I, he was obviously in pursuit of a different kind of ring by the looks of things, but how are you going out in, into strip clubs and partying when you're on the verge of a playoff push? It's quite crazy, these lads, aren't they, really? Mm, sound like you there, doing a bit of panty sniffing on the 26, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not concerned this weekend. As I say, I think all right. They've they've picked up in recent weeks. They got a really good defense of the Chicago Bears. But I think, given that they went out in the wild card last season, they got a point to prove. I think the Saints, given how good their defense is as well, I, 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 I'm not too concerned that Alvin Kamara may be missing. Nor is the number one wide receiver and Thomas. I think they'll think they'll be fine. Okay, Paul, we, well, well, what about another concern potentially for the Saints? I mean, Drew Brees has been fucking carrying his lungs around in a shopping bag for the last few weeks. He's got, he's got what, about 25 broken ribs. I think his lung collapsed, didn't it, <laughs> off a hit a few weeks ago. Any worries on the Brees? Hey, and he was only out for three weeks. Uh, and he was only out for three weeks, which well, is just mad, isn't well, it? Well, he actually, he actually played a full quarter, didn't he, with, that, with those injuries before he got assessed and took out the game. <laughs> Do you know who done the impact of that injury on him as well, don't you? The 49ers, such a ferocious defensive line. 
watch mm. them next season, mate. They'll come good. No, I'm not too concerned. I, I think the second to the Chiefs, mate, in terms of the the, the, the sort of the most rounded best team in the the NFL, the Saints. So I've got no worries or concerns whatsoever. It certainly didn't stop Breeze at the weekend, and as a team, they had five turnovers on defense. So no, they'll be fine. I've got no concerns whatsoever. Really fancy the Saints against the Bears. Okay, so if I've got to stick it to you now, Popey, what is the Super Bowl game? Give us the Super Bowl game. Chiefs, Bucks. Okay, I'm going to go Steelers. Of course. Wow. Saints. Okay, we'll see. And I'm not having a wager on it, but we'll 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 see. Yeah, we'll just uh, gentlemen's bet. It's amazing though how you're picking the Steelers in the AFC. So stacked the AFC, mate. Really, I think the NFC is weak. I think Rogers aside, Green Bay Packers aren't great. The defense is really bad. Whenever I've watched them. Got a decent running back, really good wide receiver who Rogers makes look better than what he actually is. Defense is a bit suspect. And now obviously it's a tough out playing Green Bay away from home in the playoffs. Oh yeah. I get that. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it can send Brady playing in New England for all them years. But maybe Breeze if, if they have to play the, the Packers away, who knows? But I think they're overrated. I think Rogers is unbelievable coming off an MVP season, he'll no doubt be named the MVP. Yeah. And I think the likes of Seattle, Shite. LA Rams, crap. Washington, no good. Chicago. I think there's quite a few poor teams in the NFC who've made it into the playoffs where I think the AFC is absolutely stacked. Yeah. You've got obscure teams like the Titans, the Bills, I know, the I Ravens. Know. Yeah. It's so good, lad. It's, it's unbelievable. Stacked. Are you doing the them all AFC, this? Like, really Are you doing good. them all this weekend, Popey? I mean, we'd be heading down the casino Sunday night, wouldn't we? Probably for maybe 10 hours of NFL action this weekend. Obviously, we can't because. Britain's in lockdown again. Will you be tuning into all the games over the weekend, Poby? I think I'm going to do every one, you know. Given that, how late the games are on, and I'm a father of two, I don't think I'll be doing any. Be a highlight job the following day. I live a very different life to you, my friend, as I've told you several times before. You certainly do. I'm going to bed as you're getting up. <laughs> I know. Do you reckon we're going to get a Super Bowl, though, lad, with all these COVID cases? I know we've spoke a lot about it there with Cleveland and Alvin Kamara and... Do you think maybe they need to switch to a bubble at some point, the NFL? I know there's been little murmurings about that. Kind of go to the the baseball way of doing it and kind of do the games maybe at, at one stadium, secluded. Yeah, when do you do it, though? Because you, you, you would have thought if they were going to introduce it, then they would have introduced it in time for the playoffs. Mm. So, don't know. Who knows? But let's hope so, eh? Yeah, it's great. Great time of year, betting-wise, oh. the, uh, the playoffs. Oh, Obviously, as well as your anti-post-interest. There's a lot of fun to be had with the uh, with the individual games as well. So, yeah, something I'm looking forward to this weekend anyway. This certainly is. Speaking of uh, deadly viruses and mortality and, and gambling, should we do a little update on the, the death race, shall we, do you think? It's been a year like no other for all of us. But for Captain Sir Tom Moore, 2020 has seen him catapulted from his back garden to worldwide adoration and to a specially convened ceremony where he was knighted by Her Majesty the Queen. I think so, yeah. Do you know what, Steve? You've been dropping by, like, dropping like flies every time I read any sort of article online, whether I watch the news. The amount of celebrities that, yeah, seems to be snuffing it is uh, it's quite alarming, even if it is sort of uh, death season. Yeah. January, February, when the cold creeps in and... 
these old ones tend to snuff it. But I don't think there's uh, there's been any winners in, in our death race, has there? Unless some uh, no. unless I stand corrected. No, and I think the listeners have have listened to me appeal last time to please not get in touch every time some sort of celebrity dies. There's not been as many messages, which, you know, <laughs> quite thankful of. Nobody had Jerry Mars. Then there was a couple of people asking if anyone had. Poor Al <laughs> Jerry. Uh, so basically, when, when it was announced, basically, his, he will live on forever, given, obviously, he was the person who wrote He'll Never Walk Alone. He didn't write it. Uh, and that will for it. He didn't, didn't write he? it. No, he covered it. No, it's an, old, it's an old show song from Oklahoma or something, I think. It's an old... It's an old stage. Oh, thing. is it? Yeah, he didn't write. Well, it, basically, no. Jerry and the Pacemakers, Jerry Marsden, he had the most famous version of it. Then, shall he did. We say. Of course, he did. His legacy will always live on through the fact that Liverpool and Celtic will always have that as their um, their club song, unless something drastically happens over the uh, over the next decades slash centuries. But yeah, quite <laughs> on the flip side of that, quite amusing though. Not the fact that he's died, but whenever anyone does die, you're getting texts. Which yeah, I, I suppose if you if you wouldn't be laughing, you'd be crying, wouldn't you? It's a strange place to be. I don't know whether to uh, console people or, or tell them to fuck off. It, it's it's a really it's a really weird place. Um, I'm in here, I'm in celebrity deaths. But yeah, a few new additions. Alex Main, listener to the show, and and big Virgil Van Dyke lookalike. He's actually gone for his lookalike's namesake, Dick Van Dyke. He's gone for old Dicky. He's about ninety two now. Robert Gavin. He must be knocking on a hundred. He must be knocking on a hundred. Dick Van Dyke. I think he's ninety two. Ninety two. So Alex has took him. Robert Gavin's took Bill Kenwright. <laughs> no, here we go, lad. Dick Van Dyke, ninety five. Okay, ninety five. Yeah, tactical one from Alex there. Yeah, someone getting on in years. Robert. Well, Ga- I was going to say, I, I think as he trumped me there because I, I purely went through to Captain Tom Moore. Not just for wishful thinking, but but more so for his age than anything. Isn't he a centurion, Tom Moore, or he's certainly there or thereabouts? I think he's up there. What did you make of the, what wasn't that a, a light show? Uh, uh, a laser beam show, apparently, on drones? One of the listeners was telling me, I think it was Liam, he was telling me that New Year's Eve there was a, a Captain Moore-themed light show, I believe, maybe in London or mm. somewhere around where he lives. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> you didn't catch that um, one. <laughs> no, he's a hundred captain some more, so I think I'm I'm still sitting pretty there. Who, who put Bill Kenwright forward? Sorry, Robert Gavin has gone for Bill Kenwright. Actually, a, a, a season ticket Everton fan as well. He's seen something. Maybe it's inside knowledge. I don't know, but he's gone for Bill <laughs> anyway. Insider, <laughs> insider information. Yeah. Possibly, yeah, from the Royal. Probably should have refused that one with, with obviously, uh, the soft spot you've got for Everton. <laughs> He's got to go, Bill. Yeah, he wants Bill to go, by all accounts. So, Bill, where's the so? Where's, where's the, the Arteta money, the Bill? money, yeah, who knows? Sounds like it could be, he could be buried next to the Arteta money if Robert Gavin gets his way, sooner rather than later. <laughs> Milo Egan has gone for Tony Sirocco. Paulie Walnut. So oh, he's not been looking too good, has he, on recent Sopranos... Filmans and reunion shows. Do you know what he looks like, Paulie Walnuts? He looks like a Scouse man, doesn't he? He does a bit. He does a bit. I know. Yeah, just the face, not the hair, but his face. Yeah. Yeah, I think he looks. I'll just look at it. Looks like a Scouse man. And I know. As I say hair aside, just just his face more so than anything. One of Paulie's famous lines, but I think you could probably say that about Paulie nowadays. Hey T, give him a golf club. He'd probably try fuck it. He looks like he's lost his fucking way a bit, doesn't he? <laughs> It's one of my favourites. One of my favourites. Uh, he's seventy-eight, but yeah, he's not looking great. Uh, I hope he doesn't win it. Obviously, with the, the massive uh, soft spots I've got for the Sopranos, of course, and, and, and Paulie Walnut as a whole, really. Yeah, Rory Egan, Milo's brother. 
yesterday's blues on Instagram. Good Everton account. He's gone for Tom Jones. Maybe the the latest filming of the voice might be a, a little bit too much for him. Put him in the in the firing line, maybe during a pandemic. He's gone for Tom Jones, Rory. He can finally rest rest easy in heaven with his best mate, Alvesay. <laughs> Possibly, it's uh, it's not unusual to pick uh, to pick Tom, is it? At that age, I don't think. Hey. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Interesting. So, are all these people are all these nominations were they put forward in that uh, that COVID party you were in? On the uh, yeah, I think there was a few. That by come, any chance? Yeah, there was a few that come around that table. Matty Staples has certainly came in the dispensary pub. He's gone for Michael Buffer. Says he hasn't seen Buffer doing the boxing shows recently. It's been more voiceover stuff <laughs> on on monitors. Could Michael Buffer take the title? This is great. You know, this this for me is replaced. Well, not replaced because it certainly has never been my favourite segments, uh, the unlikely lookalikes. But uh, yeah, this is my favourite segment. So a lot of listener uh, interaction, which is great to see. Some 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 really good nominations as well is, from all walks of life, which is, is good. Is it still not? Is it still not bad taste? Or really betting on celebrities that died? You know, I think maybe uh, we're not going to get the a listeners w- have spoken at the end of the day. The listeners' interaction would suggest otherwise. What? So uh, keep keep them coming. What chance have we got getting on ESPN or Lebertard and Friends with, with this sort of content we're putting out? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Mark Griffiths goes for Michael Aspel. This is your life. Could be life over for Aspel if Griff can get his way. <laughs> if Griff can get his way. I'm probably... Uh... <laughs> 87, yeah, he hasn't been seen for a while, has he? He hasn't, no. Closed a big red book on him. Griff sounds like he wants to. And then oh, the... he, yeah, he, I've, I've just looked at a recent picture, yeah, it's a little bit disconcerting, like if you're a, if you're a fan little bit of worth uh, away. Michael Aspel. Not that he'll have many nowadays, I wouldn't have thought. Hasn't been in the limelight for a while, has he? He hasn't, and maybe that speaks volumes, who knows. And the last one, quite a curveball, but... He thinks there could have been a, a little bit too much consumption over Christmas, uh, maybe gout setting in and, and all the other side effects. Jake, Big Jake Nolan, real loyal listener and uh, supporter of the show. He's gone for Joe Kinnear, the old Wimbledon manager. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Kinnear, let's have a look. What's he looking like these days? He's, he's, he's knocking on, 74. He's had high blood pressure all his life, of course he I think. Has. Yeah. He looks quite uh, robust, though. Does he not look quite robust to you, Kinnear? I don't know. No, I've always thought it when I used to see him getting interviewed in his Wimbledon days on Match of the Day. I think his his high blood pressure was evident to see back then. So there are some some health health issues there, along with probably some some more sinister underlying health conditions as well. So you know what, if I was to do a book on it, Joe Kinnear would be up there. Yeah. Sadly, he's never been a pitch to the health. No, what are you saying about six to one, eight to one, Joe Kinnear maybe? I, I still fancy my chances, Tom Moore. I'd say two to one joint favourites, Tom Moore and Parkinson. Uh, your Peggy could be on two winner there, yeah. So um, let's let's slip from your new favourite segment to your least favourite. Let's get on to the unlikely lookalike. This girl, she sort of looks just like you. She even smiles just the way you do. So innocent she seemed. You've had a few of these. Fly through them. We've been going long enough today. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. I've got no nominees. Okay. Surprise here. Yeah, yeah, no surprise there. Okay, so our Ross comes in with Matt Hancock and Nicolas Cage. I think it's quite a good one. (laughs) Quite obscure. 
Well, do you know what? This is why I'm I'm struggling. It is, but for me, that's a blatantly obvious lookalike. Now that you mention it, do you think it's blatantly obvious? I just think it's quite it's quite odd. It's quite unlikely because of the I don't know the personalities they are. There's something unlikely in Nick Cage and a fucking conservative politician. I think I, I think that's quite. I think that's quite unlikely. Okay, so there's enough. more to it than than the, than the aesthetics, basically, with unlikely lookalike. Can be, yeah. A lot of it's to also do with what their profession is or what their personalities are. Listen, the ideal ones are obviously uh, mixed race, sex, different genders. If we can get someone who is a different gender and non-gender a different, specific, okay, and a different yeah. race. No, but that's really good to be fair. And yeah, it's 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 abundantly obvious now that you mention it. Great spot. Yeah. But again, I'm 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 still we've been running with this for what three or four months, and I still can't quite fully grasp what the criteria is. Uh, and it seems to be changing from week to week as well, which makes it even more difficult to keep up with. But no, good one nonetheless. Well, let's thanks, let, Roscoe. Let's throw let's let's throw a few more at you and see if you can kind of if it's kind of starting to make sense to you. I've gone with J- uh, Jack Osborne and and our mate Bobby Firmino. Is there something there? Well, the Jack Osborne I know was the uh, the fat teenage kid in the Osborne. So I haven't seen him recently, so. Certainly not, but let's try and get a more up-to-date picture of him. Now, Bobby Firmino looks a little bit like a fat teenage kid, does he not? <laughs> Viva Brazil on speed dial, yeah. <laughs> he certainly did when he came out of lockdown, like. Fucking hell, yeah. He's, he's lost the weight, hasn't he? He has. He's looking like, good. Too much the other way, of anything. He's looking good, Jackie he's, boy. Uh, is he a fellow vegan, is he? Veganite, like yourself? Could be. Could be. There's definitely a look of Bobby uh, Firmino there with the glasses on. When he wears the glasses, there's something, something Bobby there. There's okay, a, if, if you say so, go on. There's a Gok triangle. James Madison and George Michael from Paulie Paul. There's something there, definitely, I think. <laughs> Do you have to say there's something there with everyone? <laughs> there's something there. Oh, here we go again. Uh, James Madison, George Michael. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Young George Michael, okay. Then we've got a few... You've got our faith. We've got one from Matty Staples. Cavani looks like the boxer. Previously mentioned, Martin Murray. Cavani... I know you're not a fan of Matty. I tell you what, Matty looks through some sort of obscure prism. I think you've not been a fan of Matty. Just submission. in life, yeah. Just, just, I'd love to see life through the eyes of Matty Staples. That <laughs> great mellow character that he is. Some of his unlikely lookalikes are just so left field. That's just absolute madness. Can to we me, not see you, Edison Cavani, Matt Murray? No, no. Sorry, Matty. Okay, let me follow up with one of mine for Martin Murray, Kerry Katona. I don't know if this is an unlikely lookalike because they're probably second cousins or something, I'd imagine. I think she's... Kerry uh... Katona and Marty Murray, the boxer? Yeah, yeah. I'll let, him, I'll, I'll let you sell on that, yeah? <laughs> We've actually got him set up possibly for a guest down the line. We are actually going to reach out to <laughs> oh, Marty wow. Murray. So... I'll be sure to mention that one too while he's on, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he's so a bit... man. Just ref- just just referencing back to uh, episode thirty-one, where uh, my co-host Stephen uh, said that you actually look like that fat slag from Warrington, Kerry Katona. <laughs> what do <are> you thought? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. Glad... Go down too well, is it? Fucking hell! I'm just glad we're doing it over Zoom. One that, wow. you, one that you might appreciate here you, You'll have to probably get it up I, I wouldn't imagine you'll have knowledge of, of her looks Off the top of your head Nicola Sturgeon's mum And Elton John <laughs> I've heard that one before, you know I think that was from Katie Plagiar- Payne's 
Which play did you just put that forward? I think that was from our good mate Casey Paynes and our, our, our loveliest follower, Casey Paynes, out there in, uh, in Barbados. I've seen that. I've seen that somewhere before, you know, I've on the internet. Done that. Well, so that, uh, whether she's passing that off as her own, but regardless, anyway, do not, do not <laughs> <laughs> blaspheme the fucking nation's hero that is Elton John in such a way ever again. Thanks for the listen. Well, well, of course you've seen it. Obviously, you're you know you knock about Elton John forums on a weekly if not daily basis don't you so i was gonna say yeah a regular google search on a daily basis is elton john yeah i like to keep up with current affairs see what he's doing yeah so i've i've, I've certainly come across it but uh i think it's blasphemy at the same time yeah oh we are uh, hang on i'm just i'm just looking for another unlikely lookalike as i thought i'd missed one on, on my personal accounts declan griffin who's a uh, he's a newer listener. He got into us through the through the nut house. He actually wants to throw an unlikely oh, lookalike in live here. Uh, Will Smith and Stefan De Vries, is it the Dutch player? I, I like the sound of this, you know. <laughs> like uh, what an introduction to the pod, eh? Mixed thanks race. for the uh, thanks for the listen, Declan. All new listeners appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's Stefan. He plays for Lazio, doesn't he? Plays for Lazio, I think. Yeah, and Will Smith, he's he's he's, he's nailed something, you know. <laughs> He's nailed something. Let's see. Um, Let me just get that on my list here. Will Smith. Fucking hell. I'm, I've, I've typed in Stefan de Vries and it's come up Dutch writer and journalist. So unless he moonlights in his spare time, I think I've, I've, I've gone down the wrong, uh, Stephen, the wrong alley. It's, it's, it's Stefan with an F. De Vries. V R. How are you spelling de Vries, mate? V R I J, I think. Declan Griffin. Nice I'm sure that's that. now it's not pronounced like, but let's, let's have a go. And by the way, he's also, Declan's also threw himself in the death race as well. He wants to take Billy Conley. <sighs> it's a good pick, that, you know. <laughs> it's a strong pick. Good. Well, he's retired, hasn't he? Well, he's living... Comedy. Da- yeah, he's Given li- that he's... Yeah. Full of amnesia, isn't he? Full of, full of Parkinson's and dementia, a little bit of dementia on the side, I think. Yeah, he's... he's if, he go right in as a hot favourite there, Billy Conley, won't he? I think, Jesus... Yeah, I'd still like to play the age card with uh, Captain Tom Moore. But no, yeah, Stefan De Vries, yeah, will... will uh, you mean Will Young, don't you? No, Will Smith. What, the black guy or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith, bad boys. <laughs> does he not? Have no, I got... no. Does he no, look no, like Will Young? No. Does he more or what? I think he looks like Will Young. There, there's mine, yeah. There you go. Is that an unlikely let, one, let, though? Put, put... Can can you do a poll, can you, on the Instagram page? Not that it would yeah. garner much much interest. Yeah, I can do a votes. poll. Yeah, go on. What do you want from the poll? Go on. What else? Put it do you up want there, Stefan Devries, Will Young or Will Smith? Okay, simple so, as. So we'll do Put that. a poll up on the Instagram page. Okay, and now now I've got. I don't want to be self indulgent with this, but this is four of our John's old classics for me. Unlikely lookalikes. He's got four for me. So the first one, Terry Venables. <laughs> You're such a fucking narcissist, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, that's all. <laughs> El So, uh, from what age has he been calling you? T- uh, the seventy, the pensioner that is Teddy Venables since I've been about fifteen. <laughs> that has a bit of humour to it, anyway. Uh, no, absolute nonsense. Not Go seeing on, that. Okay. Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been uh, knocking around with Matty Staples too much. Just outlandish, outlandish nominees. These. Larry that David. don't make any sense no. whatsoever. Do you want the next one? If we must. Sepp Blatter. 
<laughs> I know what you're trying to do here, Peggy. Very good. Have a say to Sepp Blatter. Okay. I, I think when I get older, I could go down the, the Sepp route, definitely. Baldy head. That's if you get older. Yeah, well, that, after that COVID party, you mean? Well, yeah, just well, that, with the, that combined with your vegan diets, which isn't doing anything, uh, doing wonders for you, is it? Rapid weight loss, no doubt, underlying health conditions, yeah. I think it all adds up to a... Uh, an early, an early grave, unfortunately, Stephen. Nobody's got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one from Peggy for me is is Michael <laughs> Michael Winner. Calm down, <laughs> dear. It's only a commercial. <laughs> what used to happen is my head used to swell up when I was on the aisle. I don't know if I had liver or kidney problems, and my head used to go like twice as big. And I would, I would do Michael Winner impressions when my head swelled up like. Oh, calm down. I had some of my finest pâtés in Monaco. <laughs> oh, that's it. Winners tickle me, lad. I'm just looking at his bloated face here on Google Images. Can you see wow. it a little bit? So funny. Is there something so there? Funny. Just his bloated face, you say in your face. Bloated up on the aisle. Ah, tickle me that. Winners, winners, dinners. Um, Okay. I'm sure he was a man who tipped tremendously Michael Winner back in the day. Should we move on to the solo tip of the week and give our listeners some some betting tips, lad, or what? What a segue that was. So you're on. Yeah, as the name would suggest, yeah, winner by name, winner by nature, eh? Yeah, well, it's been up and down on the page, hasn't it? Put some winners out there on the Instagram over the Christmas, some losers on the page. Red card in the old firm was beautiful. Luke Campbell flattered to deceive. He looked started all right. I thought Thiago was unlucky, man of the match the other night. I thought he looked great in the second half, and if we'd have pinged an equaliser or he'd have got an assist, maybe... Yeah. What have you got, Cook and Popey? There's a betting sabbatical very much over and done with now. The NFL's back on and it's a new year. It is, I'm afraid, yeah. Although I'm, I'm a little bit more disciplined than what I was. That's good. Um, during me Packers weekend meltdown. Yeah. That was a couple of months ago, whenever it was. Yeah, I'll put one up. A bit of NBA action. The NBA started a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, and we've mentioned a couple of times before on the podcast, it's always good, whether it be the NBA, NFL, even the Premier League, or Street, and whatever it is, um, to have a little bit of anti-post interest. Uh, because basically you're getting up to six months' enjoyment from one bet. Might not always come in, and obviously the harder to land the anti-post picks than what it is uh, any other bets, yeah. as the pricing would often suggest. But I've got one in the NBA, just as a little bit of interest, really, for the season as a whole, more so than something I feel really strongly about. And it is for the MVP race. Uh, I'm going to put Steph Curry forward, who is a former two-time winner of the award. He is. Uh, he's also a three-time NBA champion plays for the Golden State Warriors. He's point guard. He was out last season. So, hence the reason you can get as big as 16-1, to even though he is one of the best players in the game. One of the greatest point guards, if not the greatest point guard of all time. Uh, Had a really strong start to the season. He got a career-high 62 points the other night. uh, And then he followed that up with the following night with 30 points, I think. He's currently second in the points per game race, which is obviously one of the leading factors when it comes to the MVP race. And I just think 16 to 1, he's general 7, 8 to 1 elsewhere. So you get a little bit of value in that. So that is Steph Curry, 16 to 1, NBA, MVP, 
uh, for this season. She'll get 16 to 1 with Unibet or 888 Sports. I like this bet, Popey. I really like this bet. We backed Steph Curry last year, didn't we? I think maybe mm. five days later he broke his hand and was out for the season. Had a good couple <laughs> exactly. Of, had yeah. a good couple of hundred quid on him last year. I think with Clay Thompson out again, unfortunately, this year, is uh, his splash brother. It's all going to have to go through Steph. And I think he's up to it. As you've said there, he scored 62 already. I think he scored 30, did you say, the game after as well. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts around the Warriors. I've actually had a nibble of the Warriors to win the West. Again, more for the long-term interest, really, the 31-1 to with Sport Pez. I think you can get 50-1 to out there with one of the bookies who I can't get on with. They're certainly in a transitional period, but if they get a couple of trades right down the line, they can get themselves into the playoffs... And if Steph Curry can uh-huh. drag them on 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 himself with a with a good points average into the playoffs, I think sixteen to one for him to be MVP is a, a great shout. I like the sound of this Wiseman rookie as well. You've got he's brilliant, really good. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, Jamie Wiseman. Draymond, I think he was the number one overall pick, wasn't he? Number two, number two. I was hearing, yeah. Big, number two was he? Yeah. Big old school centre, athletic freak by all accounts. I mean, he's had hardly any prep time. What I'm hearing, I think he had three college games. That was the the max of his college career. He's into meditation. He's had no summer school, <laughs> according to the ESPN Daily podcast. But they really like him. They really like his nature. He's a chilled out guy. Draymond Green is apparently mentoring him. So I I think the Warriors could be a little surprise package in the West and. If they're going to be, Steph Curry is going to be at the centre of it. And I think the MVP shouts great, lad. I, after the, the hand break last year, I was a little bit gutted. And I had LeBron James the year before who got injured and that took him out of contention. I said to myself I wasn't going to do the MVP again. But I think you're onto something here with Steph. And I think 16-1, to 1, if you can get it is, it, is a great shout, definitely. Curry from Stop. deep. 59! <laughs> Why not? Man, Steph just... Steph is running into the front court. Draymond <laughs> finds him. Another three. Oh. Got it! 62! 62! And he actually surpasses his buddy, Clay Thompson. They're looking for him, too. Draymond Green, of course, his boy. Where's he at? Where's he at? Handoff. That is a tough shot, too. Gary Trent right at him. Steph, when you when you get 62, you have to do the halftime and the postgame interview. You don't, don't get out of it. that. I don't mind it. <laughs> we love talking to you. Hey, tell us about the 19 free throws. That's also a career best. Your mindset of attacking. We've seen you shoot threes your whole life, but really beautiful finishes and taking a lot of punishment tonight. Yeah, it's just kind of slowing down. Every game we're going to get better and more so just seeing the pictures of how they want to defend us and, and me individually. and <laughs> Get him. Get him. There's one for you. Just just to finish on Steph Curry, tip of the week. <laughs> there's, a, there's an article in uh, Bloomberg Business Week, of all places, yeah. uh, which you can easily access online. And there's a video apparently doing the rounds where Steph Curry, oh, to me, this sounds like one of the greatest sporting feats of all time. Yeah. He's hit 105 consecutive three-point shots in a row. In training, wasn't it? It's on video, 105 yeah. in a row. Yeah. So they've basically, they've a professor of economics has quoted on it and reckons that it's less than 100, sorry, one in 200 million to wow. do that. Wow. He reckons they're the odds, one in 200 million. So it's 105 three-pointers in a row. Wow. So if ever you're in doubt whether he's, uh, yeah, he's in form or not, 
I think that is the uh, the biggest case in point that you'll uh, that you'll need. And this is what it's saying, you know. This is this is the rumors. This is the sounds that are coming out. Is that his shooting game is right where it where it was at his peak. That's certainly not going to fade, is it? I know, obviously, thirty two is he now, Steph. That's quite old in basketball terms. I know LeBron's been pulling up trees uh, a little bit older than that, but. I think Steph's game, shooting from far, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Like I think he's got a game that's going to age quite well. And MVP, great shout, Popey. I'm, I'm right there with you, lad. Right there with you. Oh, what, what, just, I'll just, just, just let that, just let that settle there. A professor of economics reckons what he has achieved there with 105 consecutive three-point shots is a one in 200 million shots. Wow! Wow! That's incredible. So there you go. That is it is incredible, incredible, yeah. It gets uh, more incredible the more I read it. So there you go, tip of the week. Get on, anyone listening. Okay, I'm going to go with the NFL. I'm going to stick with the Steelers. I really think they're going to take a depleted COVID-infused Browns out this weekend. And I'm going to double them, double them with the Ravens uh, for a 5-4 to four double for any shorty backers. I know the Ravens haven't been beating great teams recently. Cousin Nicole pulled that up to me, but I just think I think Lamar Jackson's going to get over his little playoff hunt this year. I think they're going to take the Titans out. The Titans have always got Derrick Henry, who is an absolute bull of a running back. He can turn any game on its head. But the Titans' defense isn't what it was last year. It's terrible. One of the worst in the league. And I think I think the Ravens and the Steelers are a bit of a lock this weekend of five to four. I'm also going to be doing an accumulator on top of that with your books thrown in to win the game. The Rams plus seven and the Colts plus nine nine and a half and nine point five. So that's a five to one accumulator as well. So yeah, a little bit of NFL action for me, Popey, on top of your your NBA picks. Sorry, Steve, a key factor that you're admitting there as well is revenge as well. It was um, yeah. the Titans beat the Ravens in the wild card playoffs last season did. at the Ravens. Yeah. So that won't, won't have been forgotten. So I think there'll be a little bit of retribution in store as well. And I think they'll do the damage on the road there in Tennessee. Cousin Nico's got a funny angle and I'll have to get back to you on this for next week. I think the Royal Rumble's coming up, isn't it, in the wrestling. Apparently there hasn't been a black winner in 20 years, apparently. So he's just checking the markets there. There's a guy called Big E, apparently, <laughs> out seven to one. Obviously, on the back of Black Lives Matter, maybe maybe the WWE decides, you know, it might be time to, to have an ethnic winner of the Rumble. Maybe Mark Henry will re-emerge, you know, sexual chocolate. <laughs> we'll put it this way, I've lumped on uh, Idris Elba to be the next James Bond exactly. with, uh, with that same line of, uh, line of thinking. So you've got to play the angles, that haven't same, you? Same train of thought. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You've got to play the angles. When Tiger was 10 months old, I unstrapped him out of his high chair one day and he walked over and hit the ball. There it is. I said, oh my God, I've got something special. I think Earl had the master plan since Tiger started walking. He asked me to ask his dad if he could play some other sports. But Mr. Woods said he had to concentrate on his golf. I wanted to protect that sweetness of him. It was a quality that I loved about him. I could tell he didn't know what was coming. Tiger was going to be this bridge between all the different races and tribes of humanity. How are you handling all the adulation? I honestly don't feel comfortable with that. Earl taught him the mental toughness to tackle the game of golf. I'm not sure that Tyre was mentally tough enough to handle the pressures of fame. Speaking of black athletes, Tiger Woods' documentary, HBO, 
comes out this weekend, Popey. Uh, any interest on the golf? The golf is back this week. I'll probably have a little look in running myself, the Century um, Tournament. I think it's in Hawaii, is it? Or over in Puerto Rico or something. All the boys are back out. Dustin Johnson, John Ram. I mm-hmm. think your boy's missing it, the Shambro. Um, I've actually backed Tiger Woods each way for the, for the money list, the PGA money list next year. It's not my tip. It was Steve Palmer's in the Racing Post, the golf expert there. But he thinks the Tiger's going to play a lot more this year now that, his, now that his son's playing. And we actually got 350 to 1 for that, four places. He wins a couple of majors, he has a FedEx run. He might just uh, make a run at the money list. What do you think of that tip? Uh, obviously, he knows more than what I do. But I would have thought if his son's playing more, would he not have tournaments to be out with his son? Possibly. Because he's been caddying for him, hasn't he? So why would that mean he's going to play more? It sounds counter just counterintuitive to me. It sounds well, I thought like if his son's playing more, then he's likely to miss more time. Not through... according to Palmer. Not according to Palmer. It sounds like he's he, it's kind of triggered his, uh, his first for the game again and he wants to play more next year. So we'll see, Popey. We'll see what happens there. But By the way, lad, uh, Bryson the uh, Juice Bomb, is, he's playing this weekend. Oh, is he playing this weekend? All right. Oh, it's a full field. Yeah, yeah. It's a full field, so maybe we'll do a bit of in-running tips on the Instagram there, see how the first two days go, see what happens with the cut, and we'll have a, we'll have an in-running golf pick, eh? Pair of us. Just going back, sorry, Steve, so what, what price did you get Tiger Woods? 350 to 1 with a boost to be uh, to win the, you know, to be top of the PGA money list next year, so you need four places, you're looking for a place really, but who knows, he wins a Masters, maybe. But, is that, but Steve, is that, is, that, is that before the playoffs or after the playoffs? Bearing in mind uh, that the last tournament of the playoffs is worth like I think twenty million nowadays. Yeah, but, but but that's in that's in FedEx terms. So I don't know I don't know the intricacies really of of how the FedEx money affects the PGA. So you back the so blind basically. Haven't <laughs> I so have. You're not going to be following me on that. I have Steve Palmer. Is you know he, he's a really good golf tipster in the Racing Post, and I think I think it's worth a little throw away ten in each way. And if you can get a boost of three hundred and fifty to one, I think he's two hundred and fifty to one in most places. Have a little dabble and get behind Tiger for the season. Oh, I love Tiger, lad. No excuses to get behind Tiger, yeah. One of my Liverpool players aside, the likes of Stephen Gerrard in particular, and Ronnie O'Sullivan, probably my greatest sporting hero of all time, Tiger Woods. I've watched, obviously, the HBO documentary. I will be watching that when it's released. Yeah. I've watched the one on Sky, on Sky Catch-Up. It's not the best. pretty good. But it's not I the think, best, though, is it? It'll, uh, I'd be a patch on the HBO one, to be honest with you. Nah, the HBO one is meant to be Last Dance vibes. It's meant to be like warts and all, by all accounts. And I'd forgot Macha, our mate Macha and listener. He told us that it's it's going on HBO um, stateside But they're the weekend. greatest sports documentary maker of all time, HBO, aren't they? Of, of course. course they are. Not just sports documentaries, of course. but So, yeah, of course, it's going to be Last Dance vibes, if not better. Uh, I watched this one on Sky Sports, and I don't know. Again, it's subjective, but... <laughs> And I know most people would say he's not the greatest golfer of all time because he hasn't won the most majors, but I'm convinced that he's got another couple of majors in him. And I think so. By the end of his career, he may probably be considered the greatest sportsman of all time. Mm. I think he's one of the biggest icons of all time. Definitely. Not necessarily because of his, I suppose, what's tarnished his legacy is his the Vegas behavior years. off the course and and, 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 uh, yeah, and everything else that's, that's gone with it. He but went off in my estimation. I just think everything that goes with it, he's a black man who's dominated the white sport is red top on the last day of, of every golf tournament is just that's 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 huge so symbolic iconic um, yeah uh, he's won the most golf tournaments of all time just PGA Tour events combine them with with so I know he hasn't won the most majors and then I think what's solidified 
for me, at least him as the greatest sportsman, or at, least, or at the very, very least, one of the greatest sportsmen of all time, was obviously his comeback when in the 2019 Masters, after such adversity, after yeah. what he'd been through with all his injuries, with his back, having listened to specialists and surgeons who operated on him during that particular documentary. Oh, wow. his back. To, oh. to realise the severity after of what they said. Of, of him as maybe not being able to walk ever again. Yeah. And then he's he's gone out and won the Masters, the, the greatest golf tournament of all time, uh, on the back of that. For me, probably solidifies him as certainly top certainly top five greatest sportsman of all time. When you said what he'd been through, I thought you were talking about his, uh, his Vegas years there. But no, you were talking about his back and... <laughs> yeah, well, you've often been referred to as the Tiger Woods of our tour, and that's not to do with your, your golfing ability. So you'd know you'd know more about that than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, is it me baldy head? Is it? I should hope so. Something, yeah, something, yeah. Which head? Right, okay. Before we get out of here, Poby, let's whiz through a little 2020 review awards list. We said we'd do a little bit of a recap on 2020. I was going to say, we're knocking on two hours here, so we'll have to fly through. Yeah, let's fly through. Let's do it. It's a two-hour show. It's a bit of a beano. We we were off last week, so let's get through it. Okay, 2000 review awards list. I don't know if you've given any of these any thought. I did send you the subjects. I don't know if you've had a chance. I've written that. Yeah, I have. I've got one for each. I think pretty much. Okay, so early doors, we've done a lot of... Lockdown Barnets, didn't we? So what was the what was the worst lockdown Barnet you seen during the pandemic when people couldn't get <laughs> to the regular barbers and, and get an haircut? I've got an out and out winner, but I wanna rename it the best lockdown Barnet and the winner must be Nick Luck of oh. uh, recent T V <laughs> fame. Yeah. I'd forgot about him. Yeah, Nick Luck is tremendous. We'll get this up on the page. He was, he come he, out. He, he, fuck it, he looked like Dracula. Did, did you see him? Yes. I put it up on the Instagram. Sure, at the time, yeah, he come out of a uh, lockdown, looking like he'd he'd been living in a in a horse stable, didn't he? <laughs> Do you not even want to bother with your uh, with your nomination? I was going to go Sonny Edwards for his Ace Ventura effort uh, in his comeback fight. I don't know if you've seen that. He had like the fucking horns, you know when. When Jim Kerry's fighting the, the little African fella in the jungle. But no, Nick looks the one. Nick looks the winner for me there. Nick looks the one. I'll put both of them up. Congratulations, Nick. Well, people can vote. Probably the only thing you'll win this year. <laughs> money messing. No, I'm money messing. He's a very reputable journalist and someone I, I look up to, put it that way. Yeah, I think uh, I'll put both of them up. on. People can vote on them. I'll put both of them up hey, over, the, over the next week or so. Best album. Album of the year, Pope. We play a lot of music on the podcast. What do you well, I thought we were one? a sports betting podcast, so I don't even know why you've you've, you've put that one up. Oh, but music, so I've got no thoughts. But music plays a big part, don't don't you think? And I think in keeping with the podcast, I'd probably between the streets, none of us are getting out of this alive album or, or Buster Rhymes as Extinction Level Event Two. I think I'd probably go Mike Skinner. Eh? We've we've stalked him enough, haven't we, this year? So probably Mike Skinner in the streets as album, I'd say. Try and butter them up, yeah, in the hope of, uh, yeah, in making a, a guest appearance at some point yeah. this year. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, go with the streets. Okay. <clears throat> None of us are getting out of this life alive. Four fathom five, my father lies. None of us are getting out of this life alive. None of us are getting out of this life alive. The show's worst bet. 
Go on, Paul. Fucking hell, where'd you start? I thought you said we were going to fly through these. <laughs> I think most of our tips of the week haven't aged particularly well, have they? No. I think, for me, Bryson, uh, your Bryson DeChambeau show for the Masters was quite impressive. The Donald Trump landslide, pretty good. Any of your losers, really, I'm, I'm happy to go with. Very good. Just for recency bias, maybe, I'll go with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Winning the division. I'm sure you put them up for the Super Bowl as well. Finished bottom of the division, one of the worst teams in the NFL, one of the worst records in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, again, that hasn't aged particularly well, has it? Okay, we'll let the listeners decide on that one. Show's best bet, Popey? Well, here we go. I'll take your fucking Bryson DeChambeau. Masters is the worst tip of the week. The best bet is, without doubt, Bryson DeChambeau. US Open, it's 16 to 1 that I put up on this very pod. That was a great shout, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was a great shout. I think. Uh, William Hill shares tip must be right up there I think a few made a few quid I've got an honourable mention to William Hill yeah I've got that in my me, in me notes yeah honourable mention to William Hill anyone who got got stuck in you're welcome you've laced me boxing there but I think Lyndon Arthur was a good shout and I think uh, Joe Joyce was a good shout a couple of big upsets and uh, yeah Miami Heat the Miami Heat winning the East as well that was up there early doors won it I think I don't think you put it up on this podcast did you does that not count then no just because I mentioned that back there that doesn't count <laughs> no, it's just after time and as always with you okay. stay, isn't it? Okay. So we'll uh, I think we'll I think we're agreed on Brace and the Shambo, yeah. Okay, so so he's won so he's- He's won the worst bet and the best bet. Yeah. How's about that? Well isn't that perfect for Bryson and the Shambro? Do you not think? No, 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 yeah, here we go, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not gonna pull me up. Get his no. name get it get get it. Oh, no, just get his name, right? Yeah, moving forward. It'd be much appreciated. <laughs> we're trying to uh, we're trying to at least portray a sense of professionalism on the shop. We are. So you must, uh, you must get people's names right as an absolute minimum. Okay. Your best unlikely lookalike. I know it's not your favourite, but it's give you a couple of chuckles, the segments over the year. What's your best unlikely lookalike? Uh, Gerard and Gandolfini. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with Ginny Sack and Park Ji Sung by Jake Nolan. <laughs> I just think it's got it all. Really? Yeah, it's got it all. Got it all. The best Keegan of the week of the year. I think we we I think we both know what this is, don't we? Well, I've, I think there's too many to mention. I, I, I know you're going to say Tim Sherwood, yeah. but I don't want to give him any. I'd say Tim Sherwood. I, I really enjoyed Tony Bellew's Chisora take. Like that could be right up there as well. But I think I'd have to go Tim Sherwood. That was that was a classic Keegan delivery. That. I, no, I don't want to give him any. Okay, so what are you going so, for? As again, there's too many to mention. Well, have a think. Have a think and we'll put it to the listeners. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Derry Matthews. Oh, yeah. Uh, Callum Smith was going to stop Alvarez, wasn't it? He was going to knock Alvarez out, yeah. De- knock Alvarez out, yeah. Go on, I'll put that one forward. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll put them up on the page. Off the cuff. The show's best sound clip. The show's best sound clip. Every one of Uncle Douglas's. Yeah. So for new listeners, that's, that's my uncle, Uncle Alan transforming into Uncle Douglas doing Michael Douglas impressions. Yeah, I've got that down myself. Slambino always creases me as well, you know, Pope, honestly. <laughs> Slambino! I love Slambino. Like, uh, the show's best moments in general, Popey? Uh, just when we stop recording every week, to be honest. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that your final answer on that front? No, that aside, the Blobby Williams revelation was uh, <laughs> a personal favourite. I remember our mate Steve Mitchell, a um, listener to the pod, I think, um, one of his barmates who he works with, uh, was doing a bit of time out in California, and he was at a house party, can't remember, might have been someone mad like Kevin Spacey's house party, and 
Anyway, he's delivering drinks and that, waiting on. He just walks into a, walks into like this office, this study room, and Robbie Williams is just fucking a fella over the desk, basically. <laughs> <laughs> wow, didn't see that one coming. Just balls deep, just gives him a little he nod. Said- Maybe it was Monty over the desk if he's living a little. <laughs> Fucking Mrs. Doubtfire spread eagle. Oh no! Oh shit! I'm never gonna lose that face. Oh, that that vivid image of me. Oh my god! Kexta, and bra still on, keeping his teeth in. His his big rusty sheriff's badge out, yeah. (laughs) Oh, all I do each night is pray. Oh, wow. Monty with his big chocolate starfish out over the desk. Wow. Relight Monty's fire. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your love is my only desire. Oh, wow. Oh. One has got to live. <laughs> All we do each night is pray that we'll get that fucking image out of our heads sometime soon. <laughs> I'd forgot about that. Yeah, we've covered some ground here, haven't we? Mine was a bit more sincere, I think. Peter Reed, just in general, will probably in completely sidestepping your claims of his adolescent friendship with your Uncle Billy at school. As a kid, do you remember Billy Smith? I was going back a while yeah. now, innit? But apparently, yeah, I do. Them. Yeah, I do. From I the Johns uh, and Yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> I, I, mean, I have also put down in all seriousness a special mention to our two guests. Yeah. So Peter Reed and Wayne Smith. Yeah. Massively appreciated and. Yeah, hopefully just the founding blocks of many more guests moving forward. I mean, really got away from the question, like fucking Maradona got away from him in Mexico, didn't he? He just didn't want to <laughs> know about Uncle Bill, did he? Yeah, speaking of guests, Popey, we are going to have more guests on, I think maybe a couple of months at least. And the first one is Sean Powell, lead singer of Bosch New Liverpool band Psycho Comedy. He's a big blue nose, so it's going to be... Never heard of them. It's... <laughs> I didn't think you would have, but I'm going to send you the album. Have a listen to them. It's a little bit Oasis. It's a little bit Iggy Pop. I think you'll be into it, Popey. I'm going to send you the album this week. We'll have Sean Powell on next week. You can lock horns with him next week. Fans as guests, like, but come on. Well, Reedy's one, you know, Wayne's a red, Pauly's a blue, you know, we, we'll, we'll do what we do, won't we? We'll, we'll work with what we can, uh, what we can muster. Pauly, is it now, yeah? Pauly, yeah, he's good fun. We'll, okay. we'll have a good laugh with Sean next week, definitely. Weirdest moment of 2020 to finish the show, this fucking ridiculous two hour marathon. What's your weirdest moment, Popey? Well, for me, Fat Frank's Chemical Grundy's revelation. So that's Frank Lampard wearing underpants designed to keep the flatulence and the smell of his wind <laughs> concealed. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that could have been right up there. I'm going to go another Frank. I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. Frank Maloney, or as he's now known, obviously, after his uh, his transition, Kelly Maloney's fitness videos in, in lockdown is right up there. And the Belper Moo as well, I think, was quite weird during lockdown. 
Yeah, weird and, and fascinating, really, in equal measure. And also another one is is the fact we're starting this podcast. Very weird and surreal moments. 2020, and certainly not something that I ever thought you'd persuade me to do. So, yeah, we'll we'll put that one forward as well. Eh? Yeah, gets weird at every every session, doesn't it? After that, uh, Peter on love five minutes. Yeah, I can, I can see. Yeah, I was going to say I can see most of this being on the chopping floor. So what is what is two hours could could end up with being 45 minutes, but. We will see. Possibly. Good luck with the edits anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good, that editing process, isn't it? But do you know what? I've quite enjoyed it, Popey. Nice to get the first one of the year under our belts. And let's see what 2021 brings, eh? Crazy year. But uh, I'm sure this will be crazier. Yeah, and I look forward to catching up with you and your uh, Blue Nose mate, Paulie, next week. Yeah, superb. All right, lad. Enjoy the NFL. Have a good weekend. I'll, I'll see you on text day. Okay, bud. Take it easy. Ta-ra, Pope. Ta-ra, mate. Bye. Bye. See you later, my mate. Bye. sanitized and safe as mine and uh, I hope that uh, you are you are enjoying the uh, the fruits of your labor oh yeah I uh, I'm having uh, a bit of a sabbatical too oh yeah I'm sitting here with uh, Delroy and uh, Leroy who are in my bubble with Kevin Zira, oh yeah, and uh, I'm watching here as they uh, as they dismantle my wife, oh yeah, and uh, I like that, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, I just thought I'd uh, pass by here and uh, wish you a uh, very very merry. Ah, uh, well, I think it's too late. For Christmas, but uh, I think Christmas has come early for Catherine Zeta. Yeah, in fact, I don't think Leroy will be coming anytime soon. So uh, I just thought I'd uh, share that with you because uh, I know you're a man of, uh, yeah, should we say, delicate tastes. Oh, yeah. Happy, uh, happy 2021, you big schmuck, and I'll see you very soon, oh yeah, 
love to you and the gang. And I, uh, I hope that uh, everything is uh, just as it should be. Oh, yeah. Good night. Good night.